This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is still very wet after a dank and dark day at the bridge yesterday. Somehow, the rain-drenched, miserable conditions at Stamford Bridge on Sunday seemed appropriate. After all, we were saying goodbye to a much-loved Chelsea legend in Ray Wilkins, and we had to witness yet another mournful performance from the team Ray used to captain with such panache. Instead of a blue day, Chelsea gave us a grey one. But with all the negativity surrounding the club at the moment, have we lost some perspective? After all, on another day, West Ham would have received the hammering they deserved. 23 shots rained down on West Ham, and yet we only managed one scrappy goal by Aspilicueta. Of course, failing to kill off our opponents meant we inevitably conceded a goal due to an error. As Conte said afterwards, it was an encapsulation of our season. But much of the negativity seems to be flowing from him, so perhaps he should hold his hand up. After all, there's an old mafia saying, a fish rots from the head. Much more of this, and Antonio Conte may well be sleeping with the fishes. The Chelsea Fancast, number 421. In honour, in honour of Ray Wilkins, stay on your feet. So there you go. Goodness gracious me, uh, what, a, what a day it was yesterday, goodness gracious me. Jonathan, how are you? I'm good, thank you very, very much, Chich. Thank you for asking me. I'm, um, uh, I'm positive, uh, positive about next season. Um, uh, I've dismissed this season completely, um, uh, even though we have a semi-final to look forward to. But the way things are going... Uh, uh, I don't think we'll uh, we'll get past that. So, uh, but no, I've had a very good day, very industrious. Thank you, and um, good. Looking forward good. to the show with such esteemed guests as Clayton and Mark. Well, so, indeed. Um, yes. Excellent. Well, indeed. So, without without further ado, good evening, Mister Worrell. How are you? I think I've finally <clears throat> dried out. Um, yeah. It's very yeah. wet. 
afternoon on the stall yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? I, I felt I had trench foot. It was Unfortunately, bloody horrible I, day, I, wasn't I it? To, I managed to find in the lockup um, this ridiculous cape, that, uh, this waterproof plastic cape that was given out, presumably when it rained in such a fashion a couple of years ago by one of Chelsea's sponsors. And the most ridiculous thing about wearing this yesterday was uh, I must have had about 15 people come up to me and, and ask me if, if I had any more for sale. So, <laughs> Brilliant. Maybe a business a trick there, Mark. There. Yeah, good idea to get a few in, Marco. Get some in quickly. Get some ordered. Well, I mean, that was the first... It hasn't rained like... We've been quite lucky this season, really, with the weather. Um, but I think, I think it just kind of summed up the whole mood in um, the Chelsea camp yesterday. Especially with um, you know coming on the back of the sad demise of uh, Dear Ray, um, mm. yeah. Clayton, uh, Clayton's always somebody who will brighten up my day or my evening with a pithy comment. Uh, I recall one such text I received from you yesterday, Clayton. <laughs> it says, "Go back to your own seat." <laughs> Yeah. Was that in the pub? <laughs> no, 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 that was in the no, ground. No, it was in... I was basically in the ground, and before, you know, after half-time, minding my own business, looking looking around as you do, and he'd only gone and moved, didn't he? He'd gone from his perch down to uh, down to where we sit, a little bit further away. He was with Mr. Glover. So we yes, exchanged... I, sh- I should explain. I'm always a bit, I'm always we a bit wary about giving the finger or the other hand gestures just in case the steward thinks I'm trying to start something and, and hauls me out. Mind you, I, I don't think I would have objected if, if anybody hauled me out yesterday. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. But talking about the rain, two things. The first of which is I can't remember the last time it rained as much for a game. I was saying to my son on the way in, I couldn't remember that. And then the final ignominy of what has been a disappointing season thus far was I got a drop of rain on my head about 60 minutes in. And then I got about another four or five during the game, during the remainder of the game. So I'm hoping against hope that it doesn't rain again uh, this season because there's obviously a hole above my head, uh, which will never, <laughs> oh ever, ever get fixed until they, they knock the place well, I, down. I, I i tell you what, Clayton, it, you know, because I, I should explain to the listener, actually, because I, I was indeed uh, up in the first half uh, in the uh, the top of gate 17. And, and I don't know why I, I was just really there was lots of that. Quite often the seat next to me isn't taken up and I, I don't have anything against the people who were sitting next to me. Actually, They were lovely. Everybody was really nice. But I felt a bit kind of I don't know. I just kind of felt I needed to be with people I know and like. And I was watching the first half and saw where Tony Glover was sitting, and I could see there was a seat next to him that was empty. So I thought, well, bugger this. At half time, I moved and went and sat next to Tony, and it kind of it did actually cheer me up. Actually, it was it was it was good to be in the company of somebody you know and love at a game like that yesterday. I used to love all that shit when what? you used to be able to just sort. Of... Well, yeah. during a game when, when it was on the terraces and you could just go and wander around yeah. and talk to different people. Um, I know. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of redolent during, of that, actually, Mark. It was kind of appropriate. That you're talking about, 
No, during the good old days, I remember somebody said, um, somebody said, oh, I saw you and your mates in the ground the other day. I said, oh, yeah. They said, I don't think at any time you actually turn around to watch the football. And that was right. We'd just come in, 3.15. <laughs> it was obviously during our halcyon days in the second division. Come in, 3.15, mm. three sheets to the wind, and we were just chatting. Nobody looked around. You know, if there was a bit of a noise, you'd turn around, wouldn't you? See what was going on, and that was about it. When you watch the football for a bit, you just watch for a few minutes, you know. And maybe, think, oh, maybe the excitement of coming rush. in yeah. and then turn around when you realise yeah. nothing's changed. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Anyway, I suppose you want to start uh, the show. Anyway, now, we should get... We, we, I think we ought to, really. I mean, actually, I'm just thinking, actually, I wonder if, if it gets any worse than this, maybe there'll be a lot more space in the ground and I can basically make it a tour of going to see all of my mates in the Matthew Harding Upper because, of course, you can walk all the way around in the Matthew Harding Upper. So, and, in fact, I can probably get into the East Upper as well from where we sit. So so there we go. Anyway, uh, before we start, I should also say that... Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I, sh- I should also say that uh, my day... I lovely time in the pub, as always, before. Saw lots of the usual suspects. Really lovely to be in there. Apart from the fact that as I had to drive back, I was completely not on the source. Uh, so I couldn't continue the drinking with the Sh- Chelsea-Chicago lot that I had started on the Friday evening. Um, but I did bump into a lovely guy who came and said hello called Pete. Now, apparently, Pete uh, uh, reminded me that the last time I saw him was in the Augustiner Beer Keller... Uh, just north of Hauptbahnhof in Munich, of course, on that fabulous day when we won the Champions League. So it was lovely to see Pete, and thank you for reminding me of that, Pete. Uh, I had had a few steins by that stage, so if my memory was a bit hazy, that would be why. But thanks for coming to say hello, and next time we can have a drink when you do that. And then below me, on the way home, uh, I stopped off at the uh, the A3 service station for some uh, for some coffee and some snacks, as one does. And I'm queuing up, and some bloke tapped me on the shoulder and says, you're Chidge, aren't you, from the fan cast? And I turn around, this bloke there called Ollie, Ollie from Chichester, who's been listening to the show for ages. So I, I felt like a celebrity yesterday. So thank you for thank you for lifting my mood, you two. It really it really made a difference. And, and you know, if, you know, do come and say hello. You know, it makes me feel special. You know, but in the right kind of way. Anyway, enough of me prattling on. Uh, on the show tonight, uh, we will be looking back on a very emotional day at the bridge uh, with a fine tribute to Ray Wilkins. Uh, from both Chelsea and, it has to be said, from the West Ham supporters. Uh, In part two, we're going to ask, is Chelsea's biggest problem this season failing to kill sides off? Uh, uh, Have we lost perspective? And does the negative shit roll downhill? Anybody who's read uh, Alex's... uh, Alex's blog from uh, last night. We'll, we'll we'll see her theory there about shit rolling downhill. It's a cracker. And by the way, Matthew Harding Lower P has just posted. It was great to meet you again. Cheers, cheers, mate. So he's in Mixler. Even better. Fantastic. Um, now, with our current form so poor, we'd be in fifteenth position uh, if you just started from this year. And uh, we also, which is horrible. So we'll have a, ch- a chat about that. We're going to look at who the pundits believe might replace Conte. And uh, will he, in fact, have the chance to win Chelsea the FA Cup? And can we, in fact, muster up enough effort to win it? Uh, In part three, uh, the Football Blogging Awards are back. We will explain how you can vote for us, the Chelsea Fancast. And, of course, uh, we're we're also getting behind Leon or Gion Carbis and Alex Churchill. uh, I'll explain all that later, but there's lots of voting to be had. We need your vote. Get on it, people. Um, Now, here's here's a very interesting thing. we're kind of bypassing the football that we normally talk about in part three because we've basically we've had so many emails this week. Uh, everybody's feeling 
you know, not happy, basically. And uh, so therefore, I've decided to give the rest of part three and entire the entire session of part four to reading them all out, have a little bit of a chat about them. I mean, consider it like a, a group therapy session, perhaps, you know, something like that. Jonathan has dressed up as an agony aunt to celebrate, haven't you, Jonathan? Yeah, I've got a dress on and uh, and a very long wig. Yeah. And, and no, no, that's, that's, that's what we needed Marge, to hear. Marge Proops glasses. Yeah, yeah, I've got those Marge Proops glasses as well. Yeah, yeah, and and full makeup, and uh, and I'm wearing a, a, a I've got a, a bra on as well. Yeah. But are you wearing anything special for Lovely. this section though? At the moment, <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, I'm still wearing that. Have I, have I, should I not be wearing that at the moment? Should I should I just go and get out of that, and put that on for later? Yes, possibly. Um, okay, right. Uh, after this, oh no! Before I do that, sorry, people. I should have, of course, mentioned we've got loads of people in Mixler. Hello to everybody in Mixler. Chuckles, Cabby, Tony Glover's in there. Benny the Blue, Arizona Matt. We met Matt the other week, didn't uh, didn't we all? It was great fun meeting Matt. There's loads of other people in there too. Too many of you to read, but uh, it's lovely to see you all in there as usual. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can uh, listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock ah. by going to Mixler which is mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And of course, always you can tweet us at Chelsea fancast and uh, we'll try and respond. Ah, and a special shout out late comers, but better, better late than never to the lovely Paul Crowder who says, hello, but most of all to the incredibly brave, courageous and ever so lovely Andy Silverman, everybody, Uh, everybody say hello to Andy. He needs our love and support at the moment. Great to see you in there, mate. Uh, right, after this um, short break, uh, we'll be back with some football. Right now, if you uh, can't, you know, if you can't get enough of us, really, you know, if if Monday is not enough of a fix, uh, then uh, we are offending your ear holes on a Friday night as well. Uh, some of you have realised this and start to listen, but we uh, do a show on Love Sport Radio, and we do it on a Friday night between seven o'clock and nine o'clock. Jonathan, uh, Dan Silver, and myself will be joining uh, the uh, well, the effervescent, I think, is the word, Aaron Paul who presents the thing. Uh, the best thing about this show is you can phone in and join in the show and you can debate with us live. It's fantastic. Apart from last Friday, Jonathan, when the person in the gallery didn't put any of the calls through, which was really annoying. Apart from John Chips Chiverton, who is in here in Mixler, and we, we got to speak to John, which was lovely. But uh, don't let that stop you. Keep phoning in. We need your calls, and then we get to talk to you live, and we love that. The number is, Jonathan? 58 Lovely. He's practised that. You can tell, can't you? 0208 70 20 558. 70 20. Yeah, that's that's it. how it's Sorry, called. yeah. 70 20. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, I wrote five, it five, wrong, eight, to be yeah. fair. I did write it wrong, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's 0208 70. You. Uh, you got me at it now. It's 0208 70 20 558. That's the phone number. You must ring it. We'd love to talk to you on Fridays. That's what it's all about. Uh, we will try and remind you before Friday. Really uh, the other thing is it. We're really keen. You are? 
to get people in. We're really keen to get people in yeah. on the phone, and it was the it was the the uh, the person doing the, the connections of the phone calls who got it wrong. But the more of you that ring in, we really would, and also be lovely to hear hear a lot of you on Mixler and to uh, and put forward your opinions, and we'll debate it. It really is worth it. It's worth doing that. It's a good opportunity to do that in the show. Um, yeah, so please do well, ring well, in. John, and we'll make John sure the Chip- person there yeah. puts you through. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on it this week because we didn't realise that that was happening. But I mean, John John Chips Chiverton, who's in in Mixer tonight. I mean, he he will he will validate how absolutely excited we were when we realised we were talking to him. Isn't that right, J.K.? Yeah, absolutely. It was great. He put forward a couple of really good points, and it, but it's terrific to debate that because we don't get the opportunity to do that tonight on the Monday. So to be able to do it on the Friday and speak no. to you is fantastic. So please, the more of you ring in, the Indeed better. Indeed, it is. It'd be really great if it was just just chatting to you all on the phone. That'd be great. That'd be a great show. Nah, we love it. We we can't wait, and it it means right. that there's more Chelsea talk, and uh, and Aaron doesn't get any United stuff in there. Now, listen, if you if you miss the show on a Friday live, you can actually listen to it again. All you have to do is to go to lovesportradio.com. And you click on their on their homepage at the top right hand corner. They've got listen live or a grey button that says on demand. If you click that button, scroll through the shows, uh, you'll eventually find uh, the last show that we did, the Chelsea fans show. So do check it out if you want to listen to it on demand. Um, you can get uh, Love Sport Radio on five five eight a.m. It's on DAB as well. It's also on lovesportradio.com. You can listen on the web, and if you've got um, apps on your phone and stuff, uh, radio player, tune in. You can find it there if you look for Love Sport Radio. Uh, there we go. Enough of that. Now, um, obviously, yesterday was, or uh, well, Sunday was really, you know, it was a special day in a way, but also really miserable. I mean. Um, you know, I went along with some of the Chelsea Supporters Trust boys and girls uh, to lay a wreath uh, at the floral tributes at the shed wall where uh, they've set that up. And as a, I mean, it was lovely. It was very moving, actually, even though it was pissing down with rain. Um, but it was very, very moving. The number of tributes there, floral tributes, people had made little cards. I mean, Marco, you, you made a lovely uh, little tribute, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I, I some... Obviously, with the stall, I, I went up there um, really early, so it was still pretty quiet up there. Um, yeah, I just had a little moment up there. Um, yeah, it's just so sad. Uh, you know, I think I think the biggest, you know, the, the sad thing. Well, it's sad when anyone dies, but you know, sixty-one, there's no age at all, and it, it's kind of like. You know, Ray, I mean, for all of us on here tonight, he's kind of somebody we, we you know, sort of grew up with, really. Um, you know, he's yeah. it's, it's, it's just sort of always been there, hasn't he? Um, you know, not I'm a player and then he went away and he came back and did the coaching thing. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, just terribly, terribly sad. And it was kind of like, I don't know, sort of the weather made you even feel even more um, morose about the, 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 the whole situation. Um, even the football didn't lift the mood. So, yeah, no, terribly no. sad. But um, on, on a plus side, I thought the, um, you know, the recognition before the game, all of that was great. Um, and, and also sort of watching games across the weekend, the fact that, you know, there was a minute's applause at all the other games. Um, just sort of, 
rammed it home just, you know, how, how well loved and respected um, he was as a fella. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, terribly sad. Very sad. It was, wasn't it? I mean, we, we, J.K. and I were talking about it at length on on the radio show on Friday, which is again why we were really upset that we couldn't get any calls through because what we wanted to do was to get, you know, you lot to to phone up and say what you thought rather than us talking about it. But I think J.K. we were saying that that it was really odd how how deeply all of us were affected. It was actually almost it was like we'd lost a friend or a family member. And I think, you know, Ray was almost unique in a sense because he played for Chelsea, he captained Chelsea. Obviously, we all have very nostalgic memories of that. But he also coached the side. And, of course, he was a season ticket holder. So he supported the side as well as supporting us very, very fervently in the media as well. So I, th- I think he's you know, quite unique, really. And maybe that's perhaps why it hurt so much, JK. I think it also helps that he, that he was a, a, an eloquent pundit. Um, because mm. it's almost like you see somebody, you think, oh, Ray's got, a good, got, got something to say that's interesting which he did do. Uh, and so he was a, a constant in your mind as well. I think that's why um, uh, it, it's also affected us because we've, we've, we've followed him through his life, really. It hasn't just been about the football. We've, uh, you know, there was a, that, that period where we didn't because th- we didn't know what was happening in Milan because we couldn't get the, the games, obviously, whereas you now would. But subsequently, um, he was always about because he was always coaching and he was always managing. And then he was he was uh, and he was at the forefront of that and he was there and he was constantly on television being asked his opinion so um uh, you 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 had a you you made a a connection with him consistently and so uh, when 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 somebody like that is taken away you then go oh god he was he was he was somebody i was so used to he was a constant so it makes it it makes it all that much more um uh, poignant really uh no, it was. Uh, it's been, um, uh, and I, I was very appreciative of the fact that all the other clubs gave him a minute's applause, and and the fact, as you said, that the the Hammers uh, fans were just uh, really on top of it. I thought that was great, um, and I thought we were a bit bit rubbish then abusing them with that. Um, You're not West Ham anymore. I thought that was a bit unfair, but you know, I suppose no. that I suppose no, it's, no, it's no, 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 normal no, no, service no. Is, is resumed, isn't it? Normal service <laughs> is resumed, isn't absolutely. It? As soon as the as soon as the whistle goes, mate, come on, come on. Yeah, no, it's true. But to be fair, no, I agree with you actually, Jonathan. You know, because I. I, I... Yes, sorry, say, Chidge. We've got this this couple of seconds delay thing again. I I just wanted to say there is a bit, isn't there? My internet's probably lagging. That's why. It is lagging. Was did you notice that Kevin Friend? Because because when everybody came on the pitch and they started showing the pictures, and everybody was so keen to applaud Ray that we all started before he'd blown his whistle. And there was about three or four minutes of, of applause, which was really heartfelt and fantastic. And then he decided to blow his whistle then, after we'd all been doing it. And the players thought that he meant, oh, you can now go back to your, you know, and warm up. And no, he meant, oh, no, this is the start of the official minute, because he's such an egomaniac. And so all the players, yeah. including Alonso, who'd come right down below us, had to go back and line up again and applaud again. Whereas a normal person watching it would have thought, actually, it's been done. We've done the four minutes. The players can now get on with it. We've done more than a minute and it's been fantastic. But no. So there was a, a lull while the referee thought, no, I have to do it according to what I've, what I've told. And it ma- immediately made me think how completely just aut- automatons they are. 
and egomaniacs they are because I know the moment had been appreciated and done for the players didn't need to rein them back that's my little rant about it it was really annoying because he was completely unsympathetic no, as to what right. was going on on the pitch at the time anyway but yes it was well, uh, I quite agree it mate it was fantastic it was it was chaotic it was chaotic Jonathan wasn't it actually I agree yeah. with that but Clayton yeah, it was. just picking up on what we were talking about about Ray I mean you know I think you know really underlining it and I think I think I don't know if you were able to see the uh, the banner in the Matthew Harding but um, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it had it yeah. bore the legend one, bore the legend <clears throat> one of our own, which I, I think was absolutely fitting because he really, really was. And I think you know, it, it just I'm talking about the the, the the tribute as a whole. It, it was lovely that we just did it anyway. We weren't going to wait for the stupid bloody referee. I love the fact that the West Ham supporters not only joined him in the applause, but they joined in the singing with one one Ray Wilkins. There's only one Ray Wilkins. It was it was quite emotional, but really heartfelt. I thought. Yeah, I think there's a few things really that because I have, I mean, there's been so much said on social media and on the radio and what have you, and I've just sort of been listening to it all and stood back. I haven't really said anything. I think I said something on the day that it, it was just awful. And as you know, as Marco said, it's awful when anybody dies. You know, um, I think it's a really strange thing about society, and I know a lot of people take issue that when somebody dies who you don't know, you've never met. You know, and you get choked up by it and you get upset by it and people say, well, you didn't know them. Well, you know, why, what, what right have you got to be upset or mourn them or what have you? Um, I think, you know, the whole thing yesterday, the club on, on so many different levels is, is getting so much abuse at the moment. But this sort of thing, in recent years, they've been outstanding, whether it be player or fan, the club have shown an empathy with us as fans as to, you know, appreciating that this is a great loss. Now, Ray Wilkins was last sort of, I don't know whether he's ever worked as an ambassador, but his last dealing with the club, he was unceremoniously dumped. No, I don't know why. Uh, I've heard loads of rumours, but he was unceremoniously dumped. And what was that? That was back in 2010 something like that 2011 so for the club to do what they've done and I think you know I think it was fantastic that the whole thing yesterday it was it gave me goosebumps I was I was very close to to losing it at one stage because I you know yeah I grew up with him and, and I remember um I was there that horrible day on White Hart Lane in 74 where um Eddie Mack had just taken over from Ron Suet, I think it was and we were a team in desperate trouble. And Eddie Mack's first thing he did was to make his 18-year-old captain. He was a prodigiously great player. I mean, when you watch Chelsea at that time, the one thing that we didn't have <laughs> was great players. And so he stuck out like a sore mm. thumb. You know, <clears throat> I, I remember a goal that he scored. And I can never, ever... I was looking on YouTube the other day to see if I ever... If I could see it again, I can't remember who it was against. It was at the north stand end. It was like a long punt from the goalkeeper and it was flicked on. And he just volleyed it from about 25, 30 yards out. He he could really strike a football. Um, and I know that you guys talked about it on um, the radio on Friday night. And, you know, he was just a great player. And 
when he walked out on that day at, at White Hart Lane and he's you know led the team out and you thought hmm he's you know this guy's something special and I didn't know the guy I wasn't lucky enough I know that you guys have met him and I was never lucky enough to meet him but you, you get you get a general perception of what people are like and I always thought he came across as a lovely fella and the the amount of tributes that he's got and the amount of things that have been said by so many different people, all the journalists, all the ex-pros, they were all, you know, they all came on social media. They all came on the radio. Um, it just shows what a fabulous, fabulous guy that he was and he will be sorely missed. And he was one of our own. And he went to X numbers of clubs that we all detest, <laughs> you know, in the nicest rivalry way. But, did we care? No, you know, because he was one of our own and basically he always gravitated back to us. And whenever he was speaking, yeah. it was always us or we. Um, so yeah, yesterday was, was sad. And, and I echo everything that was said about West Ham fans. Fantastic. You know, absolutely fantastic. And, and I'm sure all of us in the back of our minds thought, mm, this might be a little, you know, a little bit sticky. It might not be, that good of all the teams that we could have been playing. But I think, you know, if it, it, that bizarre thing that when Matthew Harding died and when Aussie died, we played Tottenham, didn't we? And they were, they were outstanding. Their fans on those days, which were also terrible days, they were fantastic. So there is a football family, you know, as much as it might get lost in all the crap that goes on, there is a football family and, and the real West Ham were there that day. You know that they and and hats off to them. Yeah, May, I, I totally totally agree with that. I think that's a beautiful way to sum that up. I'd just like to finish it off by by saying that um, the uh, the uh, the banners in the Matthew Harding, which I know Dave from CFC UK organised, and uh, the superb uh, tribute, which is basically the quote from Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, which the uh, We Are the Shed Boys organised as well were, were absolutely fantastic. I mean, I met I met them all actually because they turned up to the, uh, you know, when when the trust was laying the wreath, the We Are the Shed Boys, and they were they they're a lovely bunch of lads and they did a brilliant job. And uh, our hats should go well and truly be doffed to them. Now, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to ask: Is Chelsea's biggest problem this season failing to kill sides off? Have we lost perspective and does the negative shit roll downhill? And with our current form so poor, we look at uh, who the pundits believe might replace Conte and will he actually have the chance to win the cup and uh, can we muster up enough energy for it? We'll be back in a minute. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Samford Chidge, and uh, you are, of course, listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And on this lovely evening, uh, not really, I'm looking out my window and it's grey and miserable, which is very much what the mood was yesterday. But I have Jonathan Kidd with me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
And I have, yeah, that wasn't a submarine. That was Jonathan Kidd, uh, one of his many uh, impressions. Uh, and uh, I also have the lovely Mark Worrell. Good evening. Good evening. And uh, the delightful Clayton Beerman. Hello. Lovely. Okay, right. Uh, at this juncture, I usually remind you all that we do, in fact, have a website, which is rather lovely. It's called ChelseaFanCast.com, and there are loads and loads and loads of, uh, of uh, well, blogs, I believe they call them, articles in, in old money. But uh, the the lovely young Kion uh, Carbis uh, does a great job. Uh, you know, he's basically recruited loads of bloggers for your edification and uh, a fine job he's doing. Loads of great writers on there. Simon Phillips, to name but one. Uh, of course, the originals are still with us, like Clayton and uh, others too. So uh, Dean, Dean is writing something. Right, Dean Mears, CFC UK, a CFC UK loyal, is writing something for us tonight. Great stuff. Oh, by the way, if anybody's listening, I, I was supposed to try and get Heon two uh, two tickets for Swansea away today, because uh, of course he lives in Cardiff. Uh, so Swansea's a bit of a, a local match for him, but I failed, of course, as we all do in the virtual waiting room, to get any for him. So if anybody's listening who knows how they can snaffle two away tickets to Swansea for Chelsea uh, against Swansea, uh, I know that Gion would love them. Uh, you know, just let me know, because I, 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 I feel I've let him down, and I feel I owe him for being such a wonderful person. So there we go. You have been duly notified. Uh, right, I've trying to, been trying to put it off for as long as I can. Uh, but I'm afraid we do have to talk about the football, uh, which is a bit of a chore tonight. Um, but, I, I, you know, like Antonio Conte, chaps, I, I actually kind of agree with him. I, I felt that that game completely encapsulated the season, created loads and loads of chances, failed to kill the bloody team off, and which, of course, leaves you vulnerable to a defensive error. And, you know, I, as you know, I was sitting next to Tony, and, and we were saying that even before uh, Moyes decided to bring on Chikorito, the little P. And the minute they brought him on, Tony and I looked at each other and said, he's, he's going to score because he always scores against us. And lo and behold, he does. But it, it, was, it was a horrible deja vu, wasn't it, JK? Um, I would just like to correct you really about this fact that it's... it's it, and same with Conte saying it, it, it was representative of the whole season. I think it's representative of how we've played since January because... Um, uh, yeah. Before January, we were second, and uh, I thought playing quite well. Remember, we'd had the uh, the terrific performance against Atletico, which everybody was saying was the best um, European performance ever, and and it all seems to have stemmed uh, from a variety of things that happened in the new year. And uh, uh, so I, I don't want to hear the manager say that's representative of our season because um, it hasn't been. It's just been since something went pear shaped. Which uh, we we've. We, well, can, you know, can I can I disagree with can I disagree with you can I disagree with you slightly there, Jonathan? Because yes. I do remember matches before the new year. I mean, I think the result was very much redolent of this year. But I do remember matches before the new year where we were battering teams, as in creating a lot of chances, failing to bury the bloody team we were playing against, and then have a rick in defence or somebody the opposition actually create a really good chance to score and do. And then you're back to where you were. Remember all those nil-nil draws where we were failing to beat teams? That was that was around Christmas time. And there were there were matches like this before then. I mean, I agree with you to a degree that there's been a real malaise since the new year. But I think, in a sense, he, he's right. It does encapsulate our season in a way. As it, um, as it, I think you mentioned this, is it down to, uh, to not having somebody who puts the ball in the net? Is it down to not shooting? I mean, uh, um, we keep, I keep, 
spotting these moments in even in the game yesterday where you think well it, there's the goal have a shot nothing happens it gets put wide um nobody seems to want to actually hit the ball from the edge of the penalty area there's nobody doing a um a christian erickson and coming from far out and being accurate what do they do in training do they never sh- practice shooting it, it seems bizarre to me that well, they again to- again I, I actually think that they, they okay, perhaps more out of desperation as the game wore on, but I do think they actually did shoot. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask our resident goalkeeping expert, Jonathan, because I think there's another side to this story, and that is that uh, a certain Joe Hart, who seems to have given up doing his uh, wash and go adverts and turned into a keeper. It's typical, isn't it? We get we do get a lot of occasions when a goalkeeper turns up and has a bit of a worldie against us. And I thought he did, Clayton, to be fair. He played very well. Um he made three exceptional saves. The one just before the corner that we scored from. Um, he the the save from uh, Alonso, and then the save from Giroud. Um, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna sort of gonna go a bit off piste here. I actually didn't think that we played badly. No, you go for it, mate. I didn't think we played yeah, badly. Well, that's kind of what I'm, I'm intimating. I know. I'm, I was really. I'm intimating when I, when the same. I saw actually, the, when I saw the script, I actually thought, yeah, perspective. If you look at the team yesterday, okay, there's 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 two elements here. The the first element is that Conte picks the team. This team has won so few games recently we've lost five out of seven is that right or something like that why isn't he changing yeah. the team when, when i walked in yesterday and i saw that fabregas was still in the team i thought why i've got you know if it's not working change it there there is no i mean moses god bless him didn't have a bad game yesterday but didn't have a brilliant game I don't think Zappa Costa is the answer, but I think we need to freshen things up. If I was Danny Drinkwater, I'd just, I think, what on earth have I got to do to get in the team? Now, I know he's not been fit, but if the guy's on the bench, he's fit. I've got absolutely no idea. I mean, every time you go into a game that Sesk is in a two in midfield, we're fucked. We're basically, you know, it was that, it's like the season where we had Matic and Fabregas as the two. And Matic had to run around covering for Sesk because Sesk can't run. I'm not having a go at Sesk. Mm. Sesk is what Sesk is, but Sesk isn't what we need at the moment. We are so, so desperate for a, for Bakayoko, a Bakayoko, somebody like that. I'm not saying this Bakayoko. I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. But yesterday, you look at that team. Okay, poor old Gary Cahill made one mistake and they scored. But you look at that team yesterday and you tell me any player that you think didn't try. You you look at that 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 team and you tell me one player that gave up yesterday, that didn't put in a shift, that didn't try and win that game. Because I can't see anybody. I know that Eden had a a funny game because he kept losing the ball, but I didn't perceive at any moment that he wasn't trying to do his best. William didn't have his best game yesterday. I thought that Morata played really well yesterday. I thought he was really unlucky. I haven't seen any of the highlights, but how far away was he on, on both those offside goals? He was there. Inches. So, you know, I just don't... I think the team selection's not right. 
But I looked at that team yesterday and, um, yeah, every single person in that stadium where Chikorito came here went, he's going to score. He always scores against us. We all knew it was going to happen. Mm. And, and we all mm. knew when we were 1-0 up. The beginning of the second half, we completely dominated them. Joe Hart made three great saves. Mm. But I that's agree. It. Joe Hart made three great saves. He didn't have yeah. to make any more than three great saves. And it is finishing. And there's also luck. You know, on other days, those two offside goals. But we haven't. When was the last time we had any luck? We haven't had any luck for ages. And that's what happens with football well, teams. Well, I'm I not, know. But you can't, you can't rely just on luck, Clayton. No, no, no. You can't know, rely just on luck. But, but I mean, Marco, just, just, yeah. just, 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 <clears> just <throat> picking up on Clayton's point, Marco. I mean... Well, you can, yeah, yeah, please do, please do. No, no, I was just going to put one thing out there, right, just in, in respect of, um, yeah, we made, we missed a bucket load of chances. Morata um, had two goals uh, ruled out for offside. But, you know, Chelsea are the first time, for are the first team in the history of the Premier League to make Mark Noble look like Franz Beckenbauer. So, you know... <laughs> We that, <laughs> he bossed he bossed that midfield, but that's been our problem the whole season, I mean, Marco. Is midfield? It's not good enough. Exactly, yeah. So you know, get get, get that. That's why that's why um, the game fragmented because Noble was running midfield. So you know, there's a bit of hazard trickery getting in behind the defence from um, time to time. Although he kind of gave up in the end. Um, and you know the, the the reason the reason Chelsea didn't win that game is because from day one, from the very first game this season, when we went three down to to Burnley, um, teams have come to Stamford Bridge and they think, you know what, we can get a result. We're not going to stand off these bastards. They're overpaid prima donnas. They can't play for the manager. They can't play for each other. We'll have them. And that's what happens. And that's what's happening every game this season um, at the bridge. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've, we've got past a few teams. But by and large, you know, if you look back, um, you can trace it all the way back to that first game of the season. You've got a bit of ill-discipline going on. Um, and players that, you know, maybe can't be bothered. There was a, there was a comment made yesterday where we were sort of having a post-mortem still about the Tottenham defeat. Uh, you know... Not one Chelsea player got booked in that game against Tottenham. And for me, that tells me losing to a side like Tottenham, um, you can't be bothered, you're not committed enough to go in hard and maybe get a book in. Tells you all you need to know about that Chelsea team this season. They're not playing for each other. They're not playing for the manager. It's all frippery. You know, the comments that Aspilicueta and Cahill made about the FA Cup today or yesterday um, absolute joke um, you know I, I just think I, I think we'll win the FA Cup by some ridiculous quirk only because it's Chelsea but you know I just want this, I just want this season to be over um, and I will laugh when we win the FA Cup because I've managed to accumulate quite a few quid I've, I've, I've been topping up a bet on that with various little wins here and there. So if it happens, it will make up for the crap season and go a long way to paying for next season's season ticket. But, but yeah, so that, you know, I mean, for me, yesterday <coughs> summed up um, Chelsea's season in a nutshell. You know, there's 
a lot of talent on the show. You know, player for player against the opposition. Um, you've got more skillful players. So, yeah, they're always going to create chances. Um, but, you know, if, if that had been... If that had been Liverpool against West Ham, the way they're playing this season, we would have beaten them by five because just because we would have done. If it had been last season, you know, we'd have beaten them by four or five. Those, you know, we would have scored. Those chances would have gone in. You know, luck plays a certain part in it, but um, you know, and a goal, goalie can play out of his skin. But you, you you put the chances away and you don't make Mark Noble look like Franz Beckenbauer and. All of those things, um, it's just not joined up at Stamford Bridge um, anymore. You know, the only, the only thing... Well, it, Marco, was... Marco, it, 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 it is weird, mate, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, I, I, with a bit of quiet reflect. I mean, I, 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 think, I think in a sense what you're saying is there's no bite and no aggression. But, I, I, you know, and I would agree with that. And I think there is a soft underbelly to this side. And I don't think they deal with setbacks very well. But I've got to be honest, mate, I, you know, in their frippery-type way, I think that they did everything they could to try and win that game, even when they went one nil, one when it went to one all. They, they were trying hard to create the chances to, to get back in that game. And I also look look at the way that they celebrated when they scored the opener. I don't see players who don't give a shit who have chucked it in, actually, having spent most of last week's show saying they've chucked it in. I think that was an emotional reaction to losing against Spurs. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I think, yes, we can levy the accusation that there's a soft underbelly there, that perhaps isn't enough aggression in the side. There's certainly not enough bite in midfield. But I, I, don't, I don't see a side that doesn't care. I've got to be honest with you. But there we go. I mean, I wonder. This is this is the question I wanna wanna go back to, because Alex put this brilliantly in in her blog. Go and check it out on the website, Girl Who Likes Balls. But she's she talks about shit rolling downhill, and I wonder if uh you know it's clear, it's clear, crystal fucking clear that Conte uh has has just not interested in my book. He and I I think the negativity is seeped through to the players, but also. I think it's had a huge effect on the supporters because the mood in the stadium yesterday, Tony and I will confirm it, there was a boredom, a frustration. It was like meh, basically. Not the first time I've used the word meh to describe a Chelsea game. But I think it's seeping from the manager. And I Sorry, I was just going to make a point. Was was that the first game young Dave highlighted it to me and I I couldn't dispute... um, in fact, he reckoned it was the first game that there hadn't been any chance of Antonio, Antonio, Antonio yeah. uh, going back to the first yeah, game when, when Antonio, Antonio, Antonio was uh, originated. So Yeah, I, 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 it, I think that is the first game I can think of where there's been no... Yeah, I was going to bring you in, JK, to pick up on what I was saying about this way yeah. there's negativity seeped to seep through to the supporters as well. I think what's happened is, is this is the first time that they've been so awful and the manager hasn't been sacked because every other time that that this kind of football has been played roman has come in and got rid of the manager and this just hasn't been happening and uh, um, it just hasn't happened and he's got for me it's just it's all got worse and worse and he should really have gone round about february and then, then they'd have got somebody in to rescue it and rescue the season, but it hasn't happened, and uh, we've been left with this 
this strange negativity, this strange non-performing side. You've got you can tell where Conti's head is because he's the first first down the tunnel. He doesn't I tell you. God, God, God forbid, God forbid. But I think we're metamorphosing into Arsenal. No, but I I don't think it's going to happen, Marco, because I, I really have great confidence in in them them doing something in the summer because I. I I, I, whether this is a standoff at the moment to see whether he'd resign or not, or whether they just thought, let's just see the season out. I can't see him carrying on. And I think whoever they get in, um, there'll be some there'll be some finance for. I can't see it being allowed to carry on like this. And what we have to remember all the time is that Spurs still haven't won anything. And Liverpool still haven't won anything. And the media have just embraced them and have constantly all year been having a go at us. But we've still won more trophies than anybody. And I, I think that come the summer, it, it'll be a new start with one or two um, really good players, despite people on the Internet saying, well, we're not in Champions League, so we won't get anybody. If, if you've got a, a, a terrific manager or a manager who's got ideas, he'll get a team in. He'll get people playing for him. Um, I mean, we're going to get onto this in the second half, but I think any of the people who've been up, who, who have been touted as being the manager, would inject new energy, new players, new ideas, and would be backed by the board and Roman. And so I have a very positive attitude towards next season because it can't get any worse than this. And I think they're just biding their time. But if you analyse it, they're going to have to spend more than 10 million. It's 10 million on Conte to get rid of him and his staff. So they're just. They're, I think they're just letting the season fade away, and if he happens to win the FA Cup, he wins it. I can't see him winning anything. I can't see that team beating Southampton. I'm sorry. I think we're going to draw or lose against. We're going to win the cup. We're going to. I don't think we're going to do that either. Mark. <laughs> I think we're going to. we're going to lose to Southampton, and the season will just fade away because there's no there's no desire at all. Then it. Well, well, this is not what Clayton said. I agree. We did play well for the first half. But West Ham were terrible. That's the thing about it. They came back in the last 10 minutes, but they were awful. We should have won. We, as we said we should have won four or five nil. But why not? Why can't we hit the target? It just seemed to me it's not about bad luck. It's about just really not being up for it. And it's down to the manager. The manager is supposed to make it work. That's where that's his role. It's what he gets paid for. He's got to get get them up to do it. It's no good him saying, well, it's all to do with our season. No, it's not. It's to do with him. He's the problem completely. And it's the worst football that we've well, seen, I tell, I, seen with actually having the manager. No, it's not. I've seen far I've seen far I've off. seen far no, worse no, no, football. No, recent, I've seen Chelsea recent, play far worse football. In the recent Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. In recent in times. Recent but years. yeah, but Jonathan, there's a reason for that. There's Jonathan, there's a reason. Jonathan, there's a reason. The last thirteen years. Jonathan, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, though, J.K., isn't there? Because, you know, we haven't got as good players as we had in the early days of the Roman the Roman era, we almost call it now. I mean, you well, know, yeah, like we don't have Lampards, Ballocks, Essiens, Drogba's, John Terry's. You know, we don't. Got, somehow is not playing at the moment. Hazard's not playing at the moment for some reason. To be fair to him, they put three players on him. But you'd think that they, they, they'd take advantage of that elsewhere in the field. You've got Kante, who's world-class. You've got William, who's world-class. Um, you've got... Uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think who else. That's about it. They've got four or five players who are world class. I can't see how 
you can't then build a team around them because they're, they're top banana players. They're just not playing very well because they're not inspired. They're not being, the manager isn't putting them in a good setup and he's tactically doing nothing when the opposition changes something. He doesn't do anything. Like for like substitutions. What okay. the fuck did Giroud come Jonathan, we get it. We get it. Jonathan, Jonathan, we get it. it we get it. It's Conte's fault. But I, I do think, you know, just to swing it around a bit, because I, 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 I agree with you to a degree, and I agree with Alex, absolutely. I think that shit does roll downhill, and I think that he's created a very nasty, bad smell in the club, really, over the last few months. And I, and I, but I think what's really caught my attention is, is I don't remember uh, the Chelsea supporters feeling quite as negative as they have done not I mean you know we were we weren't this negative when it all went wrong for Mourinho we were pretty spiky about some of the players but not about Mourinho and we've had various other instances Rafa okay but that was all about him so I, I we weren't you know humpty with the players we certainly backed all the players then I think what's happened here is that there's a conflation of a number of things that have been bubbling under the surface for a long long time and I think what's really got to the supporters at the moment is, is, a, is, is, as I said, a conflation of powerlessness and uncertainty, Marco. This is something you wrote about last week, if I recall. And I think that's got to us a bit. And I think that we are really feeling quite negative about it because of we feel so powerless and because the future seems quite uncertain at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think sort of going back to a point you, you just made there about the, the Mourinho season, as uh, Conte unfortunately described it, I, I think that was kind of like a shock to the system because nobody... Nobody really saw that coming, um, you know, and nobody, you know, had had that episode with um, Eva not happened. Maybe, you know, the, the, the dominoes wouldn't have fallen in quite the spectacular way that they did. Um, all of that happening kind of was a shock and everybody went, wow. And then equally, I think, the fact that we bounced back under Conte and won the league... That, that was kind of a shock. The kind of, you know, festering away in, in the background. The, 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 there was still all this uncertainty, you know, and, um, and and the scapegoats aren't there anymore as well. You know, sort of the, the, the Michael, Michael Emanalo's not there. You know, Mikel's not there. Gary Cale hasn't been playing. <clears throat> sort of running out of people to blame for... Um, the, the, these various debacles. So it's, it's, looking on social media recently, it's Marina's fault now. Um, you know, all, all, all of those things have just kind of been bubbling away and then the football has just not been there from day one this season. And, and all of it, I think, just goes back, as far as Conte is concerned, goes back to the... The, the fallout with Costa sort of, you know, what was that 14 months ago now? Um, so it's kind of like, he's, 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 it's like a slow motion car crash, um, the, 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 the whole thing. And it could only ever happen at Chelsea. Um, and I, I, I just... <laughs> there is that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but I, I just think, you know, getting back to the point JK was making. That's true. I, I, I honestly think, you know... I think that Roman, his mind is probably not, not you know, the way he's thinking is probably not too dissimilar to the way we're thinking. He's probably thinking, what, what, what's going on? You know, I hire these people, I pay them lots of money, 
you know, they, they, they get everything they want. What else, what else am I meant to do? Um, you know, I mean, we could give him a few tips on that, but just in terms of his mindset, I think that's maybe why he hasn't fired Conte. You know, I don't subscribe to Jonathan's theory that, um, you know, the, the, the people being linked with the job um, are, are going to inject, uh, I, I, you know, zest and life into the position and have all great ideas. They, they might do, but they, they kind of terrify me in a way I haven't been terrified about the prospect of a manager coming to Chelsea uh, when Andre Villas-Boas was given the job. You know, it's kind of like football management by PowerPoint, and, and that's not what we need at Chelsea Football Club. Um, so I think, you know, all of those things mixed in with the uncertainty about, you know, where the club's going to play during um the the stadium move uh th- th- there's just so much going on um you know you can kind of traumatize yourself in- into um a-, a spiral of depression just thinking you know we're not going to get out of it this time and that i think that's the fear that um certainly you know i i kind of have this fear that you know for for 13 years or 15 years it will be this summer you know Roman's solution to everything has been throw cash at it throw cash at it throw some more cash at it and we've got away with it and you know the the the, the point has come the turning point for me um, and I know they're not as invincible as they think they are but from a football club structure point of view City have got it right and then you've got the other clubs, you know, Liverpool, um, Man United, Tottenham and Arsenal, who've got their stadiums sorted out. They've been through all of that pain. So I think for us Chelsea supporters, we can see that, you know, our main rivals have gone through all the pain of stadium reorgs and rebuilds and everything that goes with it. Um, and, you know, they, they've got a platform there to take the club forward and, you know, here are we, you know, what we're saying, well, you know, as JK says, well, Roman will, you know, he'll stick, he'll stick like 300 grand, 300 million in, in um, whoever's kitty that comes in and, and that'll fix it. But I just don't buy that. I, I just do not buy that solution. Um, I just think, you know, every every dog has its day and I, and I think we've we've had ours. Um, and, and now what needs to happen is kind of a period of um, reflection and some strategic planning and get the, the, the bare bones of the club sorted out and go from there. And if that means, you know, doing something very un-Chelsea-like and not winning anything for a couple of seasons, um, so be it. I'd, I, I, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather see the club make a a sweeping statement in terms of, uh, you know, the way they structure things moving forward and see all of that and say, right, this is the grand plan. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to be playing while Stamford Bridge is redeveloped. These are the fellas that are going to be in running the football team. This is what we're looking to object to, to achieve. And if, you know, and if the byproduct of that is, you know, we're not going to be in the Champions League for two or three seasons, possibly, 
that, that then so be it. I, I, I could live with that. I could live with a gr- seeing a grand plan, um, you know, rather than a fancy design for a state new stadium and, and, and nothing else, because that's what we're looking at at the moment. You know, at the moment, we're not going to have a manager. We, 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 we probably won't have the manager we've got next season. We won't be playing Champions League football next season. You know, some of those players clearly don't want to be in that football team. Um, all, all of that, and I'm sorry if it's coming across as negative, but, you know, that is the thought process that I've been going through um, pretty much since Christmas when, you know, it was clear that yeah. we were, we were going to have like a, a slow motion version of the Mourinho season. Tritzia, bless her heart, said uh, on Twitter yesterday, it was like a death by a thousand cuts. But I've well, got to say, Clayton, and I, before I bring you in, just before I bring you in, I, you know, I've known Marco quite a while now. He's been on part of this podcast for a long time. He's a, a very passionate, very intelligent guy in, in his musings on Chelsea. And I don't think I've ever heard Marco quite as negative about the club as I've just heard him. And I don't think I've heard JK. I've heard JK being negative a lot, but I've never heard him be this angry apart from when I've upset him on air. So <laughs> clearly something is afoot, Clayton. What, what have you got to say too. about that? I know, yeah. I know, darling. It'll be I all think right, sort of just rewinding back to the whole where, where this conversation started and the, and the fact that the, the atmosphere yesterday was, for me, it was just a resigned acceptance of the fact that where we are and that nobody's doing anything about it. And I think that's what that's what we had yesterday. I mean, yeah. you'd have to think, and I don't even know what, what would have happened yesterday had we not had the Ray Wilkins um, influence on yesterday's proceedings because mm. the supporters all came together. There was a, you know, the pre-game uh, atmosphere was all about Ray on the back of what happened against Tottenham, if we just would have gone in cold into that game, God knows what the atmosphere would have been like. I've got absolutely no idea. And I think by half time, there would have been a lot of rumblings because for whatever I said before, and I do believe this, I don't actually think that anybody didn't give their all yesterday. And I, I just think they played to their abilities, which at the moment, I don't. I don't think there is a lot of ability in our side at the moment. I think there would have been a lot of rumblings, and I think it would have got very ugly. But all that being said, just going back to what Marco said. Well, from from the supporters, from the yes. supporters, Clayton. Yeah. yeah, because I think that yeah. there was a resigned acceptance, but that was on the back of grief. I think the supporters in the stadium, mm. all their emotion yesterday, was about Ray Wilkins. I think if Ray had died. And we've just gone into that game as a normal league game. I think that emotion could have spilled over into anger. And I do I do think, or or maybe just it, it was the whole meh, because it, it's just like, this is, nothing's changing. <laughs> you know, we, one shit performance after the other. And as Jonathan said, no Chelsea manager under Roman has lasted this long with such crap. I mean, basically, the only person that I can actually draw any comparison with was Gus's second spell, which was just beyond <laughs> awful. And yet he wasn't going to get sacked because he'd just been brought in to save us from relegation that was never, ever going to fucking happen. 
you know, I can't. I, that that made my blood boil. The fact he never blooded any youth in all games that didn't matter, and and it was just turgid crap till the end of the season because he'd rescued us from relegation, which was absolute BS. Anyway, Marco Marco said was fantastic and absolutely spawn. I am a hundred percent behind Marco in the fact that I would gladly give up a couple of years of being competitive basically to bring through these bloody kids we've got all these great kids and the same thing's going to happen and I know it's the argument oh play the kids they're not good enough they're not good enough well how do we ever know none of them ever bloody play so that's something and I'm very much of the opinion yeah you know we're looking at this one and that one to come in and I know we're going to talk about it I would basically get I've said it before, and I know I've been poo-pooed. I would get Carlo Ancelotti in, and I would get Jody Morris as his assistant. And, yes. that, and I would basically build from there. And I'd give Carlo maybe a couple of years, give him a year with Jody, or maybe two years, and then Carlo moves upstairs, and Jody takes over. Jody will bring those players through. Yeah, we need world-class players, and of course we do. But a lot of those players need to come through. Clayton, I think they would do. Yes, hello. Would this appease the sponsors? We have to remember that's the problem. You've got Nike having given so much money. Are they going to be happy with Jody Morris running the side? Well, he wouldn't I be mean, running if, the side yes, initially, would he? If Carlo was running the side success, with him. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I agree with you completely. And I think you're actually, I, I think that's a distinct possibility that because there will be and he's, we need an attacking manager with continuity from the youth. And and Roman, the one thing Roman is very, very keen on and aware aware of, as he's shown over the years, is he's created this, this unbelievably successful academy and nothing is happening through the, the academy. There has to be some continuity. And the manager at the moment is essentially a defensive manager. And it won't work if you've got that all those kids who are just attacking non-stop and winning. You've got to have, via attacking, you've got to have somebody who tactically goes down that route. And that is Carlo. And the fact yeah. that Carlo is available and in London, I think at the moment points towards that being a possibility. And that's why I'm optimistic, because at least if, if, if we will be fulfilling some aspect of that, of what you've just said, um, by having him as manager, because he's an attacking manager. Now, and, and the, we probably might not do terribly well, but at least we would be seeing the continuity happening and Roman would be pleased. But the trouble is, is though, if we then end up 12th and it's, you know, halfway through the season, is Roman going to go, oh, that hasn't worked and sack Carlo again? You, know, it's, it's having the pressure of the marketing and the sponsorship as, in it as well. We can't really afford to have just rubbish seasons with the huge amount of money other people are investing in the no, club. I, 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 I agree, but you'd, you'd have to wonder about Roman at the moment and whether he's got yeah. other things on his mind. Because, you know, the whole situation with Russia at the moment, I suspect he's pretty involved in that. Well, I, I say pretty, I, I suspect. I've, I haven't got bloody Scooby. I mean, he's going through a divorce. Um Chelsea may not be particularly high up in his thing, his list of things to do. And so that's why we floundered. That's why nothing particular has happened over this year, um, because it's not top of his things to do. Um, the fact that we've had a manager through a, 
a, a sort of, I don't know, a treading water season and nothing's happened, nothing appears to be happening, um, maybe that, you know, that there's more stability. I don't know <laughs> the stability of what, a whole season. I don't know. I just, I think, yes, we're at a crossroads and yes, Marco's 100% correct because all these other teams that we've blown out of the water for years have now overtaken us in many respects. But you look at our squad and you look and think there are only, I don't know, we're not that far away from having a good team again. I think we need, I mean, if we continue to play wing backs, we need, we need, we certainly need a right back. I don't think we need a left back. I think we've got one and we've got a really good one who doesn't get on the pitch, but we definitely need a right back. Maybe we need a centre half. We definitely need two midfield players and a striker. So what's that? Four players. That's not a lot. No, which you should be able to buy with a new manager. But I think and some of them are at the end of their contracts, aren't they? So I think there's going to be a clear out of some kind. Well, that, that's fine. I mean, you know, teams have to evolve. I mean, you know, Manchester City, their team has evolved <clears> in <throat> the last two, three years. Man United, you know, there's two, three let, new let, players every let, year. Let's move this... Yeah, Let, let's just move this on to finish up this part because we, we're, we're talking a lot about uh, you know who might come in and who might not come in. I mean, I, you know, I like Carlo a lot. I, Tony wasn't happy with Carlo because he didn't play many of the youngsters, but actually, uh, that's not entirely true. Tony, he did try and bring a, th- a few through, but whatever. I, I actually don't see Carlo coming back, and actually, I would lose respect for him if he did after the way that they treated him. I mean, to be fired by Ron Gourle. You know, after that Everton match, having won the double the season before, if I was Carlo, I'd, I'd go Vafon cool to uh, to Chelsea with a big styley. Yeah, but they but are talking. I mean, the interesting that. thing is, I mean, I, but he turns up at the bridge. Yeah, he? he's there. So does he? Yes, he's oh, been okay. there more than once. So if he was that yeah. put off, he wouldn't turn up. He'll yeah. Anyway, you're gone. Well, I, I mean, look, I, I like Carlo. Uh, I would be delighted to have him back. We played great football under him. And I think the idea of promoting Jody Morris up the ranks is also good because, you know, I think one thing that we do know at Chelsea is that we operate a lot better when we have a manager and an assistant who understands the culture of the club and is English. Steve Holland, for example, Steve Clark, Ray, of course, himself. You know, it, it's worked very, very well. But, I mean, if one believes what one reads in the press, and, of course, you know, one shouldn't perhaps, but they're openly talking about Luis Enrique, Massimo Allegri, and uh, Louis uh, Jardin. Uh, and I think that it's in what's what interests me about that is you've got three very different options there because Enrique coming from Barcelona is likely to want to play quite attacking football, may also have an eye on bringing the youth through because I know Barcelona, of course, with the Mestalla, they've got all that kind of thing going on. Allegri is kind of like Conte 2.0 without the drama. So it'll be kind of, you know, negative perhaps football, you know, defensive football, but winning stuff. And you've got Jardam, who, of course, at Monaco, you know, did very well on a limited budget, bringing a lot of young players through and did very well in the Champions League, as I said, on a limited budget. So it's very interesting, the options that they've got there. Um, And I've got a very quick shout out from Paul Crowder, who for the last five minutes has done nothing but say, fuck's sake, nothing worse than hearing folks sniff snot up their schnoz. Blow your fucking nose. I think he's talking to you, Clayton. He is. I'll take my headphones off and I'll blow my fucking nose for Paul. Hold on. He's been going. He's been going potty. Paul's been going absolutely potty on Mixler for the last ten minutes about it. But I mean, you know, 
Very three very different <laughs> options, Marco. Uh, you, lovely, lovely sound effects. <laughs> three very different options, Marco. If they don't go for Carlo, which I'd be surprised by, you know, do we prefer any of those? Uh, you know, what's what, I, I what do you think? think? Well, I, I think the Allegri does it matter not, even? I think Allegri's a non-starter because I, I just think Conte, are, are, you know, I'm sure they speak to each other. And he just say you're off your rocker going there. They, they won't. They won't. They'll buy all your players for you that that, that you don't want. Um, Jardim, if he comes across, he'll probably play Bakayoko every week. Um, but he played brilliantly for for him. Well, yeah, so, but so... you know, it's been a bit glib. But you know, I, I, and even sort of looking at. There the, the was Sarri was being linked, wasn't there? The, the Napoli guy and then Thomas Tuchel. You know, none of those managers. There's no nobody is. There's nobody out there that I see in social media land or that I talk to or that I see at the stall. There isn't a uniform message saying we must get such and such. You know, like. When when the runners and riders were being um, lined up to take over from um, from Mourinho, and kind of Conte was it was it was in there. When, when Conte was finally announced as as the manager, everybody went, "Yeah, I get that. I I, I totally understand why um, they they've gone for him. He'll be great." And and that was that. And I just, I'm not getting the same, you know, this kind of goes back to everything being lacking a strategy, you know, because there's nobody, there's no director of football, there's nobody saying, right, we want to play football in this way uh, at a Chelsea Football Club. You know, there's like this grand idea, but there's nobody driving it. So it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Who, who's going to make that decision and why? Um you know, is Bruce Buck going to tell um, Roman that, you know, who, where, where are these advisors? Where, where are the football people involved in that? You know, I know I know there was kind of like the nice... Well, idea. they're all agents, aren't they? Well, the, you know, the, the idea about um, Giuliano Belletti coming in as director of football, um, you know, with... With... Um, God, with Luis Enrique, you know, <laughs> really? You know, Thomas Tuchel, really? You know, some of the stuff I've read about him, oh, yeah, you know, it's brilliant. But, you know, the, the fella's out of work. Um, I just, you know, I, I've just got no great, you know, it's almost like, do you know what? There'll probably be some manager out there who will have a stellar World Cup, um, and it'll it'll be it'll be one of one of them that will be prized away from uh, from their job ma- managing a national team. Could even be Gareth Southgate, wouldn't that be funny? No, Joachim Low. Well, no, but I, honestly, tell tell me now. I mean, there's four of us on this on on here. I bet you if, 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 if each of us sort of had to write down on a piece of paper and hold up who we wanted to be the next Chelsea manager, um, they'd either all be different answers or they'd probably just be a question mark. Let, let me think about it. And, that, and you know, that's a shocking state of, 
um, affairs to be in. And that, I think, is the reason that, that Roman hasn't pulled the trigger. It's like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just think... But he's hard and fired them all, hasn't he? <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, I just think, you know, I love Carlo <laughs> to bits. Um, I just can't see that being a starter. Um, and people were whinging about the football that he was playing in his second season anyway. So, you know, the, I don't. there's just no obvious solution staring uh, Chelsea in the face. It's almost like, I don't know, you're going to get caught wrapped up in um, some weird inertia, um, you know, that's kind of gripped Arsenal for, forever with uh, Wenger. Um, staying there you know it wouldn't surprise me if we win the FA Cup which would be great and Conte's still here come August simply because you know it's cost 9.6 million to get rid of him and th- th- there's no deals uh, in place I mean I don't I don't think I, c- I don't think it would happen but it, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did um, I, I don't know have you got an obvious Well, we choice? shall see. It's, is there uh, somebody... Is there somebody me? Yeah. Juicy... Leonard Slutsky, mate. I've been saying <laughs> Slutsky's going to come in for donkeys. Yeah, me yeah. and Tony, we put a bet on it, mate. You know. <laughs> I, 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 frankly, I'd rather have Mike, Mike Bassett, really, than any of them out there. At least it would be funny. Um, I'm going to draw a line under that because we've been waffling on for ages. And I, I, I could quite happily waffle on for another hour on this because there's so much to talk about. But we have the rest of the season... Because I don't think any... I mean, here's the interesting thing. We've got to do, I don't know, eight, nine more podcasts for the end of the season with absolutely nothing to talk about because the games are so uninteresting. So we can talk about this to the cows come home, I think. But uh, I don't know. I mean, there is a sense... Alex, actually, bless her heart, she did mention in, in the blog and, and, and the other week when she was on that, it, in a sense, it would be nice to get... You know, I, here's the thing. I'm going to... Final point, and, and I'll, I'll throw this to Jonathan uh, as we haven't heard from him for a while, but... Um, you know, Chelsea tried to do something quite radical when they hired AVB by getting a young manager with ideas who wanted to get the team playing a different way. And OK, he was a bit of a cock and, uh, you know, it went horribly wrong. But of course, he never had a chance because he was trying to impose his will on a a, a really well-drilled unit with all of the uh, the great players that we, we, we loved and enjoyed for that period of time. Um, but I wonder, actually, whether, you know, we couldn't try and do something similar now because, actually, there is no core to that team. There are no great characters. There is nobody who's going to cause any trouble. So I'm wondering, actually, maybe this could be the time to to put in a relatively young manager with new ideas who can impose their vision on it and stick around for a while and try and change things around. What, what do you reckon, JK? Um, it would be an enormous... Um uh what's the word um when you're doing something and uh, it might all go unbelievably horribly wrong um uh, well it's a risk that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> a complete risk well it's I a just, gamble I, isn't it mate it's a gamble i just don't think they that that word the board we keep using all the time which of which course is roman um i just don't think he'd tolerate it i don't think it doesn't fit in. I keep going on about this and I'm blue in the face. It doesn't fit in with the business plan. It doesn't fit in with their desire for world domination, marketing domination. They have to have high profile people and they have to have high profile players. And 
And I really think the same thing will happen again and we'll win something and we'll be back in the Champions League and we won't be having these discussions because that is the pattern. And mm. yes, I think we have this, we have this, um, this chimerical view of how we would love it all to, this utopian view of how we'd love it all to be um, youth and uh, a manager comes in and uses everybody and all right, we, we don't quite... Um, make it for a couple of seasons, but you know it, it, everything then evolves. And um, I, I, don't, I just don't think that's the way he runs the club. I don't, and I, and it's been so unbelievably successful. I think it, you have to have these these seasons of negativity. Um, but I, you know, I think we have to just if if we if Conte is either there, as Marco says, which is once again a distinct possibility, or um, they do they don't get anybody any good. Uh, and they don't buy anybody, we'll know that there's something up with Roman. But well, all we can ever do is speculate mm. because we don't actually have a... We don't really have a, have a clue because they're, they're so tight-lipped. Well, we... we, li- we... We, and therein lies the problem, JK. We, we live in a bit of a void and a vacuum. They had an interesting debate on TalkSport earlier about whether Chelsea were in crisis or in limbo. And uh, Chelsea are always in crisis. It's what we do. But I actually think the more pertinent point was that we're in limbo. And I think that's what's pissing our supporters off anyway. Uh, something to cheer you all up. Uh, certainly me, if you nominate us for, for a football blogging award again, because they are back. Uh, and in part three, we're going to explain how you can vote for us and nominate us, Leon Carbis and Alex Churchill. And we've also got our usual roundup of supporter news. And then we've got the beginnings of the biggest session of email reading ever in the universe, in history, ever. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, I'm Sanford Chidge, of course, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and Jonathan's gone off for his lemon break, uh, but uh, Marco and uh, Clayton are still here with me. How are you two? That was a bit of a heavy session there, wasn't it? Very much so. And I'd just like to thank Paul mm. for his concern mm. for my cold. <laughs> <laughs> You see, the trouble is, you see, look, Paul, Paul, bless his heart, who who I love like a brother, and it's way too long since we've seen Mr Crowder over in these parts. But, of course, talking of awards, uh, Paul is an award-winning director and editor. So, you know, he, he takes sound very seriously, right? So if you if you can hear... It didn't bother me in the slightest, you I see. I take breathing you know, I've, I've worked with lots of presenters. I was trying well, to indeed. talk Well, indeed. Well, I've breathing. worked with lots of presenters who have a... I know you were, and I could hear that. But uh, you see, I've worked with lots of presenters who have a, a, an abject cocaine habit, so I mean, it doesn't bother me. I've heard it all before, but I can see why it offended uh, Paul's ears. But there we go. We love him nevertheless. Uh, Marco, have you recovered from that bout of speaking? I don't think I've ever heard you so, uh, you know, uh, verbose on the podcast before, and impassioned, in fact. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm fine. Tell it like you recovered. <laughs> Tell it like it is, mate. No surrender, Marco. No surrender. Right, you lovely lot. Um, as I said uh, before uh, we went to the break, uh, the Football Blogging Awards are back with us. Something that you know is very special to my massively oversized ego. Uh, not least, of course, because the Chelsea Fancast won the inaugural Football Blogging Awards in uh, for Best Podcast, of course, in 2012. Uh, and then we picked it up again in 2015. And then those little scamps from Scouseland, the Anfield rap turned up and I've never been get, got a sniff, talking of sniffing, I've never had a sniff since. Although we did get nominated for the finals last time round. I think they had a break last year, but they are back. Uh, apparently they're going to have it at uh, Alexandra Palace uh, on May the 17th. So uh, a, a day I should hasten to add, we are scheduled to do the Love Sport radio show because that's a Thursday because we'll all be at the... Uh, you know the Chelsea uh, Chelsea Inter Milan match on the Friday, so I might have to like tell them to move it again. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Bottom line is they're in the nomination stage. So what we need uh, you lot to do is to nominate us uh, first of all. You have to vote, but it's a nomination. And then when if you get enough nominations, you get uh, f- uh, listed as a finalist, which is what's ha- always happened before. And then you have to vote again, and then hopefully we win, unless Liverpool are in it, but more of that later. Um, It's very, very easy. There are uh, three awards that I'm kind of putting Chelsea Fancast-related people up for. Uh, Obviously, we want to get your nomination for the Best Football Podcast. Uh, we Alex actually has got her dander up about this, but she's she's got sight of the fact that there's a best new football blog award, and uh, I felt that uh, Alex writes so brilliantly for the girl who likes balls blog that that would be a great idea to nominate her for that. So that's the best new football blog. And uh, last time they did the awards uh, in 2016, young Gion Carbis, uh, as you know, who is the editor of our website and writes a lot on there, I, I actually met Gion at the Football Blogging Awards uh, and he he actually got nominated as a finalist for Young Football Blogger. So he's still very young, so I think we can have him in that category too. So there's three. There's also a couple of our mates that we want to help out, which is uh, Breathe Chelsea or Breathe Chelsea, who want to be nominated for the Best Football Club content creators. 
and our old mucker Chelsea uh, underscore HQ for best social account. Now, the easiest way to vote uh, is by Twitter if you're on Twitter, and I'll run through how that works in a minute. But uh, if you don't have Twitter, don't panic. You just have to go to our website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, and then you will find in, in the Stanford Chidge, view from Stanford Chidge bit, because I never write anything for the site, that blog won't change for ages, but there's a blog up there called Vote For Us in the FBA, FBAs, and you go to that and it's got an embedded thing which you can actually use as a voting form, so it's very easy to do. But if you are on Twitter, what you have to do, uh, very quickly, Clayton not involved in Breathe Chelsea, quite right, Paul. Very, very droll. Very funny. Anyway, if you're on Twitter... Uh, or, very good, wasn't it? If you're on Twitter, just go to at uh, Chelsea Fancast and you'll find uh, the pinned tweet uh, in our Chelsea Fancast Twitter account. We'll have a little image, and uh, if you click that, it's got a, a link that automatically generates the tweet for you to, to, to tweet, which will be your vote. So that's very easy. Otherwise, you just write in uh, on Twitter. You go, I am voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea in the category hashtag FBA podcast, hashtag FBAS, uh, and then likewise for everybody else. So I'm voting in the at FBAs for at CFCGWLB. That's uh, Alex, the girl who likes balls, in the category hashtag FBA new blog, hashtag FBAs. Or I am voting in the FBAs at the FBAs for at Carbis LLI. That's our lovely chum Hyun in the category Hashtag FBA Young Blogger, hashtag FBAs, and I'm voting in the in, in at the FBAs for at Breathe Chels in the category hashtag FBA Football Club, and I am voting in at the FBAs for at Chelsea underscore HQ in the category hashtag FBA Social, hashtag FBAs. You have no idea how difficult that was to read. Uh, clearly, I've <laughs> learned. I've been schooled by Jonathan Kidd. That's what's going on. But please do. I mean, it's it. it look, you know, re- really, whether we win or not, I really don't give a tinker's tit. But uh, it's lovely if you do win. It's lovely to get nominated because basically it means that you like what we do. And it's nice to do that. So there you go. And I'm, I'm also thinking maybe, you know, I might get a table there this year for us lot. Uh, that'd be quite fun because it's in London now because usually it's in Manchester and it would only be me that could be asked to go up there but as it's in London maybe we'll, we'll mob up and have a table take on take on all the reprobates that are up there okay. if we don't win we can always have a scrap how about that I'll yeah, come. They, oh you're back are you JK yeah I'll come lovely alright well maybe we will maybe well do you know what Heon, Heon suggested getting a table he's well up for it so uh, maybe we'll do that we'll go mob handed this time and then we'll have a riot if we don't win you know, what is it they say about Chelsea, Marco? We're the best behaved supporters in the land when we win, and we're a right bunch of bastards when we lose. I think we should go and prove that. Right, a few more shout-outs for me uh, before we go full-on with Jonathan and the emails. Uh, obviously, Chelsea Supporters Trust, join the trust, get your voice heard by the club, free to join up to be a member. It's absolutely free. But if you want to have a nice Chelsea badge, Chelsea Supporters Trust badge, and you want to vote... Uh, in the elections and attend the meetings, then it's a fiver. Only five quid. It's hardly anything. Just about buys you a pint in the cock these days. Uh, all you have to do is go to the Trust.com and you can attend the meetings, as I said, come to the events, vote in the uh, issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. 
Uh, our usual shout out for the wonderful Chelsea pitch owners who, of course, protect the future of the club uh, by making sure that we will always play football on the hallowed turf of Stamford Bridge. Uh, they've reduced their shares recently in price to 25 quid a pop uh, as opposed to the 100 quid that they were. So it's easier for everybody to go and buy one. I urge you to do so. Uh, to go and find out how, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out uh, the uh, the pitch owners bit on the chelseafc.com website. They're on at pitch owners on Twitter. And of course, uh, the latest issue, which is probably still uh, damp, I would imagine, Marco, but the latest issue of CFC UK is now available. Uh, you can, uh, where, where, Marco, tell them where they can get it from. Where, what happens? How do you get a CFC UK copy on a match day? So on a match day, you can come to the CFC UK store, which is at the junction of Sedan Road and Fulham Road, directly across the street from the main entrance to Fulham Broadway Underground Station. Or you can buy a copy from Sam, who's normally stood in the middle of the Fulham Road um, uh, by the Oswald Stall Foundation gates, um, or from Mr. Only a Pound himself, who um, is usually running the round um, Fulham Road before the game in, in a half an hour or so before kickoff, um, inside the Matthew Hardin during the game, and then on after the game, he's um, to be found on the bridge, um, if you turn left, coming out of the shed exit, uh, walking towards, um, yeah, up towards Sloan Square that way. Can you not be more specific, Mark? And what, of course, Mar- Marco, well, no, that's the most, yeah, brilliant, that, most specific directions ever. But, of course, the most important thing, Marco, if they go to the stall itself, who do they get to meet? Who do they get to meet and tarry with? Well, if they come to the stall... They'll yeah. meet. They'll meet. Uh, well, obviously, I'll be there. Um, they may meet only a pound. Exactly. They, they may meet Chuckles Cappy, who's always first with the team news. They may meet you. <laughs> That's very true. They might meet me. They could. Loads of faces there. It's the best place to meet. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's actually... The, the most integral part of my match day ritual. I get off the 211 bus, the bus stop that, st- that stops a mere 10 yards from the stall, and I go up and I say, Buonasera! Or what, what, whatever it is in Italian. For, what does it usually say to me, Marco, whenever you see me? Ciao, bello. Yes, you do. Ciao, bello. And give us a fag until I gave up smoking. So it's a lovely place to meet up with people. There's great people there. And, of course, you get to buy the fancy. Brian, middle of the shed, comes to lurk by the stall, and he always has lots of cigarettes, which he dispenses. Does he? So you're all right, then? He dispenses like methadone. Good man. There we go. Uh, right, so there you go. You know what to do. You can get it in the States as well if you if you follow at CFC UK USA on Twitter or, or get in touch with Dan Lundberg uh, at DLundberg underscore. But it's brilliant. There's some great writers in there. Marco, of course, uh, Clayton, Tim Rolls, Walter Ross, and the wonderful Kelvin Barker. Dean Mears, CFC UK, of course. The clue is in the title. Tree. Oh, God, there's so many. Even I contribute a rubbishy old article once in a while. Right, uh, finally, uh, Patreon. Um which is gathering a pace. Uh, Patreon really is like the online Chelsea fancast version of CFC UK in terms of the fact that you can donate money 
for our labours and our efforts. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't suggest what you should pay. You can pay whatever you like, as little or as much as you want. Um, but I mean, you know, if you kind of go on the only a pound principle and it's all in dollars, then you work it out yourself. We do four shows a month on average, so chuck in five to ten dollars a month, and that'd be cushy. But you don't have to. It's really just a little way to say thank you. But I am working on various. I'm plotting. I'm very seriously plotting about what we could do to spend the money that you've donated to us to kind of give something back. Okay, so watch this space because I'm getting a lot of suggestions in from people. Right? I'm liking a lot of them. Uh, ferrying a load of Yanks over to London, though, uh, to watch a game is not high up there because that will cost me thousands and I don't have thousands. Love you as I do. But there you go. Anyway, if you want to go to Patreon and donate, it's easy. www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast and Dean Mears gets another honourable mention for not only contributing to Patreon last week but also to signing up to the Trust. Well done, Dean. You get a gold star this week. Now, I'm going to go and have a lie down because the next uh, hour, I suspect, is going to be Jonathan reading out the most amazing amount of emails we have ever got. So we're going to like run up to the end of this part and then we're going to do the last part and it's all emails and we'll hopefully get to comment on one or two of them as well. The first one's out there. I, I, I don't even know where to start with this one, Jonathan, so I'm just going to let you do it. This is from uh, Jimmy Arland, and he's put, um, Hi, I'm Jimmy Arland. You, you probably failed to pronounce my last name, but it's okay. No, I'm, I'm really going to have a go, Jimmy. Harland, Arland, Ar- Ar- uh, It's got a, a, an A with a, a, um, a rather intricate um, hat to it, uh, with a circle. Arland. Uh, anyway, yeah, somebody can help me out eventually. Hi, I'm Jimmy Arland, uh, and I'm a 23-year-old Chelsea fan from Sweden. The 24th of November last year, I was sitting in my office. I was having these good five Friday vibes. It was just a good day, really. I completed all my drawings for the week. I was pretty new to my job as a constructional engineer, and I was really happy with the outcome. So not having much to do, I decided to check my emails. My latest email said, congratulations, you have won. And I was thinking that, oh, no, not these scam emails where they say I've won a million dollars again. But looking more carefully, I saw that the domain said at ChelseaFC.com. So I clicked the email and the email said, congratulations, you won the ultimate VIP weekend experience in London with Chelsea FC and Sony Music. Prize details. Dates, Friday the 1st of December 2017 to Monday the 4th of December 2017. You and a guest, must be 18 plus, will receive the following prize. Economy class return flights to London from your country of residence. A three-night stay in the Millennium and Copthorne Hotel at Stamford Bridge, inclusive of breakfast. Transfers from the airport in London to and from the Millennium and Copthorne Hotel, if applicable. Access to the Chelsea Health Club at Stamford Bridge throughout your stay. Lunch and dinner each day at the Millennium and Copthorne Hotel, up to the value of £50 per person per meal. VIP hospitality tickets to watch Chelsea versus Newcastle United on the 2nd of December 2017. VIP tickets to the X Factor final show. Tickets to the X Factor backstage VIP after party. Travel between Stamford Bridge and the X Factor final. If we're able to attend, we need to confirm by 12pm, Saturday the 25th of November. If we haven't received confirmation, we will need to offer it to someone else. 
At this moment, I was shocked. I was thinking that this has got to be a scam email, but it looked so real and legit. Then I remembered a couple of weeks ago, I entered a contest where all you had to do to enter was writing your contact details and your favourite artist on the Chelsea website. I don't normally enter these competitions, but this time, for some unknown reason, I did. So I called up the number specified in the email and I talked to Chelsea's partnership manager, Tamsin, and she confirmed everything. I was going to London with my girlfriend. The funny thing about this was that me and my girlfriend were actually planning a trip to London during Boxing Day to celebrate New Year's Eve with some friends of ours. But all our friends cancelled and we decided not to go there either. It was unfortunate because I had plans for buying tickets for the Chelsea Stoke game. Last time I was at the bridge was back in 2014 when I went with two friends who were Arsenal fans during Boxing Day and we watched Chelsea West Ham and West Ham Arsenal. As a poor student, I haven't really had any possibilities going to London the last couple of years to watch my beloved club. I've been watching every Chelsea game for about 12 years now, so this was very welcome. One week went by and after some delays in Stockholm caused by a snowstorm, we were on our way to London. Once arriving, there were a lot of cab drivers with their whiteboard signs. Our driver, on the other hand, who was very properly dressed, had a big iPad saying Mr. Arlund and Miss Sjöström. He welcomed us to London and asked if we'd like to stop by and pick up some coffees before we headed to Stamford Bridge. In the car, a Mercedes S-Class, he asked us which colour we'd like to have in the car. My girlfriend requested pink, and pink it was. He also asked if we wanted to use the bulletproof glass or not. Never been treated like this before, I started wondering if this was just a dream. During the trip, the driver asked me what our intentions of this trip were, and I said we were going to the Chelsea-Newcastle game on Saturday. He then asked me, oh, you're a player, right? And I said, ha, 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 yes, wish I was. He also thought I was an artist because I was going to the X Factor <laughs> final on Sunday, so I just played along on that one. Once arriving at Stamford Bridge, we had ourselves some dinner on Frankie's before going to bed in the Millennium and Copthorns. On Saturday morning before the game, we met up with a film crew in the reception and were taken on a private tour of Stamford Bridge. We saw the dressing rooms and the players' tunnel. We also went through the press conference room where I had a picture taken with Jason Cundy. After our private tour, we walked around the stadium to the Millennium reception, went up a couple of floors... We were then welcomed and led to our executive, executive suite. In the suite, we were taken care of for the fullest. We had a three-course meal, many glasses of champagne and a lot of beers. We were then picked up and led to stand pitch side during the warm-ups. All players were now running out on the pitch. I was standing two metres from them. Me and my girlfriend were given Chelsea shirts with our last names on them. Then we had a picture taken with N'Golo Kante and the speaker presented me, in, presented me with some stadium speakers. After this, I was given a special gift. It was a number 10 Hazard shirt signed by Hazard himself with a proof of authenticity certificate. A gem that I have framed and will be hanging on the wall for the rest of my life. I didn't know what to say, really. This was so unreal. I was living a dream. We now went back to our suite, which was two suites away from Roma Abramovich's private suite, and opened the door to the balcony section. I was now met with a fully packed Stamford Bridge and this amazing electrical atmosphere. It was a really good game, being down 1-0 and coming back to win it, which was amazing. Seeing Hazard playing like that creates a, a tickling feeling in every Chelsea fan's stomach. What a performance that was. After the game, we were interviewed at the executive stand. During this interview, I was really nervous, being sort of kind of tipsy from all the alcohol you'd expect. From all the alcohol, you expect to have a lot of confidence. But no, how wrong I was. 
with a huge camera two feet from my face. I felt like I'd lost 90% of my English vocabulary and the interview was just super bad. They also asked us to simulate a goal. Normally I'd go mental when we score, but being a bad actor, the outcome was somewhat hilarious. My girlfriend, Linnea, isn't a very big football fan, but I have been trying to convert her. Her first ever football match was at the Friends Arena, the national stadium of Sweden. The Sweden, the same arena that Zlatan Ibrahimovic Ibrahimovic scored four goals, including that bicycle kick from 30 metres against England a couple of years ago. I brought her there for the World Cup qualification match between Sweden and France, the game where Hugo Lloris spursed it, <laughs> and we scored 2-1 from half the pitch in the second, last second of the game. So that is her view of football now. Three-course meal, free champagne, or a last-second screamer. After all this, we enjoyed the rest of our day. We had plans going to the Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park, but we cancelled. We spent the rest of the, the day in the hotel and in Frankie's. We also had a lovely walk round Chelsea Harbour. The next day, the X-Factor final was on the schedule. Our driver was a lovely lad, a Spurs fan, actually. He drove us to the Excel Arena and talked about some historical buildings in London whilst driving by them. For example, Big Ben is actually the bell and not the building. How the Germans used the Battersea Power Station to navigate in the fog during World War II, etc. Now, that's what I call a proper cab driver. And he didn't Spurs it like Loris. We got to our destination in one piece. The X Factor was really good. We had VIP tickets to the pre and after party as well. The food was amazing and the music was really good as well. It was kind of unreal to see stars like Pink and Simon Cowell standing in front of you. On Monday morning, it was all over. Back to cold and snowy Sweden. I was so happy. I couldn't have expected it to be any better. From arriving in London to leaving, we were taken care of the fullest. And I'd like to take an opportunity to thank Chelsea Football Club and Sony Music for making this possible. I'd also like to thank the Chelsea Fancast for all the effort you're putting into this podcast. I've been listening for many years now, and hopefully there will be many years to come. Much love from Sweden. And as always, up the tubes! Blimey. Well, I, I would personally... That's mental, isn't it? I mean, I'd personally like to thank Jonathan Kidd for all the effort he put into reading that email, which I have to say, Jimmy, is the most out there bonkers email we've ever had. You should pat yourself on the back very loudly because that was absolutely mad. I loved every minute of that. It was just insane. And I, We were going to read that last week. We ran out of time. You can understand why we didn't. Jonathan, have you recovered from that yet? Oh, that was remarkable, wasn't it, Chidge? Remarkable story. Brilliant. <laughs> But all I love it was the lack of sort of terribly now, incredulity of it all, never ever quite understanding what he, what they were doing, as if we're not doing that, are we? And we're doing that as well. Oh, I know. Oh, brilliant. Can I just talk about the next mail quickly? The uh, the Super Dan Petrescu song, as yes. I remember, it, is uh, well, I'm going mad with Super 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 Dan Super Dan Super Dan. Was that right? Was it not? Super Dan Petrescu or my yeah. No. With uh, Super, Super Dan, Super, Super Dan, Super, Super Dan, Super Dan Petrescu. You'll have to join in with that at the end, okay? This is also very long, all right? Yeah. This is also very long, I warn you now. I'll read it quickly. Robert Vice. Strap yourselves in, people. Dear Fancast. Dear Fancast call. Dear Fancast call. Sorry. Dear Fancast crew. I've been an avid listener to the Chelsea Fancast since 2010, rarely missing a show since. 
having enjoyed some great stories shared by Chelsea fans from around the world and beautifully read by Jonathan. Can I say that again? Beautifully read by Jonathan. I decided to write this email and share how I became a Chelsea fan and some of my experiences of being one while living in Barcelona. I was born in Romania, but my parents moved to Israel when I was very young, very, very young, when I was very young. Growing up in the early 90s in a small desert city in the south of Israel <laughs> was not exactly conducive to becoming a fan of a mid-table Premier League team based in London, especially since I wasn't even interested in football, with basketball being my sport of choice. Not until the 94 World Cup in the US that football picked. It wasn't until the 94 World Cup in the US that football piqued my interest. Being Romanian by birth, I decided to follow the national team's games to see how well they fared on the biggest stage. And farewell they did, finishing top of the group despite losing 4-1 to Switzerland, beating Argentina in an entertaining 3-2 game, yet ultimately losing on penalties to Sweden in the quarterfinals. It was a good run, probably better than anyone expected, but I was so heartbroken after the penalty shootout that I could barely watch any football for over a year. Even when I did manage to watch a few games, mostly in the Champions League, I didn't particularly enjoy any of them. As a neutral, watching sports is just not the same. I knew I had to pick a team to follow, but which team and from where? The English Premier League gained popularity in Israel, and in the summer of 96, I happened to stumble upon a TV show previewing the upcoming season. I started watching, hoping I could learn about the various teams so that I could pick one of them to follow. The selection process ended up being very straightforward, as one of the teams on display had a player I recognised and loved, a certain baby-faced Romanian that, if you believe the song, was just super. It was difficult supporting Chelsea at the time before YouTube highlights and dodgy streams. I was mostly feeding off local newspapers who only mentioned the result unless Chelsea played one of the top teams. A few times each season, I would be lucky enough to watch live coverage on TV and I was excited for days in advance. With internet rising in popularity, written match reports became widely available so I could follow the team a little closer. A few years later, when audio streaming became possible and the official Chelsea website had a matchday live radio show available, I decided to listen to it live, being unable to watch the game on TV. It was the one and only time I listened to a Chelsea game over the radio, and it wasn't a great experience either, as Canoe's late hat-trick at the bridge had Chelsea on the winning side, despite Dan Petrescu scoring a goal that day. But the worst thing about my early Chelsea supporting days was not knowing in person other local Chelsea fans. I had no one to share my passion with, making it a lonely experience. It was only in the early 2000s when I heard about the Israeli <laughs> Chelsea Supporters Club that I finally got to meet other local supporters who share my love for Chelsea. I was so excited that I was driving an hour and a half each way to Tel Aviv and back just so that I could meet my fellow supporters and watch games together in a local pub. In 2004, I finally moved to Tel Aviv and watching the games regularly made the experience even better. While, never, while we never went together to watch games at the bridge, we did share some amazing afternoons together, just like you're always talking about on the show. It has to be the best aspect of being a supporter of any team. As I mentioned, I now live in Barcelona, having moved here over four years ago. I was planning to stay just a few months, but grew to love the city, which I now call proudly my home. It's a beautiful city with some pleasant weather, great nightlife and a pretty decent local football team. I made a lot of friends here, mostly expats like me, but also a few Catalans. Whenever locals ask me who I support, Chelsea is probably the second worst answer I could give after Real Madrid. We're clearly not popular here, given the history, history between the clubs and the connection to the special one. 
whom Barca supporters dislike from his time managing in Madrid. However, there's great respect for Chelsea, even a bit of fear, I dare to say. Despite my long history as a Chelsea supporter, I've only been to the bridge twice. I've watched only a handful of Chelsea games in person, including the ill-fated game against Hapoel Tel Aviv. But since moving to Barcelona, I've already been to quite a few games at the camp now. But first I went as a tourist to experience what is a fantastic football ground and watch one of the world's greatest ever players in his prime. It felt silly living 20 minutes from a ground and not going to see at least a few of the games, something I might regret later in life for not doing. Then I went with a friend who was visiting the city and then again with another who had a spare ticket. Whenever I went to games, I enjoyed the experience quite a bit, partly due to the atmosphere and the quality of football on display, but mostly because of the stress-free experience. I almost never have that with my Chelsea. Weirdly, watching Barcelona play at the camp now doesn't even feel like a sporting event most times, but rather resembles a theatrical show. People come, hope to see Messi score, take a selfie and go home. I guess I'm also one of them. Some of my old Chelsea supporting friends from Israel, even my family, have asked me lately if I'm now officially a Barca supporter. Many people have several teams they support or follow, but I personally don't believe in football polygamy. Sure, you can support multiple teams in various sports, but there has to be a team you support above anyone else. And with Chelsea failing to beat Roma and the draw being somewhat unkind to the Blues, sitting on the fence was not really an option for me anyway. While my initial dislike of Barcelona was slowly replaced with sympathy over the years living here, there was never a doubt in my mind who I wanted to win this tie. I watched both games at the house of a Catalan friend of mine, and while I was deeply disappointed with the eventual outcome, I left holding my head high, feeling proud of the way Chelsea played. You can't win every game, and hitting the post four times over the two legs definitely didn't help Chelsea's cause. Nor did the gifts presented to Barcelona by some of our players. People say football is a game of fine margins, and having followed Chelsea for over 20 years, I couldn't agree more. If the theory about multiple parallel universes was true, then I'm sure there is a universe out there where it doesn't rain in Moscow on that infamous night in 2008, or where Good Johnson buries that 95th-minute chance against Liverpool to send Chelsea into their first-ever Champions League final, or even a dreadful one where Drogba's majestic header against Bayern ricochets off the bar. Fine margins indeed. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season, hoping we can win the FA Cup as well as qualifying for the Champions League again. Whatever happens in the future, I count myself lucky, having enjoyed so much success beyond anything I could ever have imagined. In highs and in lows, I would always be proud to be a Chelsea supporter. I'd like to thank you, Chidge and the crew, for doing the podcast every week. And a special thanks to Jonathan for reading these long fan emails so beautifully your fan robert p.s i can't wrap up this email without so so bad ready everybody everybody what all together jonathan all together all together you fucking tart all together go on then right one two three Super, super dad, super, super dad, super, super dad, super dad, pet rescue. I loved, I loved Dan Petrescu. I loved him so much. What a fantastic player he was, you know. Marco, do you remember going to Kludge in Romania? I did. It was a phenomenal That was mental, wasn't it? I remember you telling me about that. 
It was. I'd love to get a Romanian team. I mean, I know Robert's in Israel now. Actually, getting an Israeli team would be quite fun. That would be a crack in a way. Maybe we will if we're in the Europa League next year. Oh, mm. Bulgaria. There's a thought. Back on the radar. Or Bulgaria. Yeah. What was it What was it that we had in the Cup Winners' Cup in 71? Was it uh, Levski, Sofia or somebody? Yeah. I can't remember. They, they were Some, Yeah, they were in Sofia. CS Siska. Siska Sophia. Yeah. I went. As they say now. Yeah, indeed. I went there. You went? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. No way. I did. It was bizarre. I'm definitely interviewing you for my book then. All right. Bloody hell, I had no idea. Jonathan, I'm going to make a suggestion. Number one, it's time for a break. Number two, when we come back, uh, we're going to read more emails. But you know what, mate? Yeah. I, I don't want to be sitting here until 10 o'clock reading all of these emails out. So let's just see how many we can get through and we'll save uh, some fucking long ones for next week. Uh, excuse my French people, but it's just mental. I mean, I, I listen, I, I, know, I know we say we'll always read them out. We will always try and read them out, but there's just so many and I haven't eaten yet. I'm starving. There are 11. Uh, so anyway, we'll be 11. back after this break to you. 11. And we've I know, done... it's, just not, it's not happening, is it? It's not. There are 11 no, and we've no, done two. two. And they were very long, but we love you all anyway. We'll be back in a minute. Real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com. Right, we're back. It's the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Sam for Chidge, and I've got the legends that are in no particular order Jonathan Kidd, Clayton Beerman, Chudes. A little bit of a sniff from Clayton and the ever-so-lovely Mark Worrell. Good evening. I must admit, Clayton sounds like he's um, ingesting nefarious substances Dying. through his... I he... wish. I wish. If anything could get up my nostrils at the you're moment. Not, you're not a well boy, are you? No. You really aren't a well boy. You sound dreadful, mate. Well, well there's another reason for not reading all the emails out, because you think you need to go to bed, mate. I need, um, I need Bless you for doing the show feeling chest. like that, mate. Okay, I can. I'll send. I'll send the send young him, lady round. Send him round. Uh, but actually, you see, here's the thing. <laughs> send him round. I'll, if you like, <laughs> I, I, I don't judge Clayton. But um, just think, you know, if if our team had half the balls of professionalism as Clayton Beerman, who struggled through two hours of this nonsense with a stinking cold, we'd win the bloody league every year. But anyway, enough. Right, J.K. Let's just do them in order, and we'll get as far as we can. And I'll call time on it, and we'll do the rest next week. How does that sound? All right, Tidge. Let's do that. Daniel Barca. Okay. Uh, Barca, is he called Barker. Barker, by the way? I know he's in uh, mm. Barca. Yeah, he corrected me the last time we did him. It's Barker, isn't it? Dan Barker, Melbourne, Australia. Mm. Uh, hello once again to you brilliant Chelsea fancasters. It's been a while since my last contact, but I wanted to shoot off an email to you folks in order to have a bit of a respectful rant, if that's okay. Before I begin, I just want to give a quick shout-out, if I may, to The Podding Shed, as the most recent episode featuring our beloved Chidge was an absolute cracking one. So thank you, and well done to Sir Tony Glover. 
mentioning the potting shed has now brought me onto my little rant. It was discussed in that episode and amongst others that I regularly listen to and see on social media that a lot, but not all of the old guard Chelsea supporters keep speaking about the old times and how the up and coming supporters think they have a sense of entitlement, that it's a given we win everything we come up against. We should be proud of our history, yes, good or bad, but it's getting tiring listening to folks harp on about the relegation back in the day, having the when we were shit attitude and chastising the younger fan, I feel in my opinion, is unfair and a small club mentality. Chidge made a fantastic point that Roman has created a monster, a monster that is the Chelsea FC as we now know it. We should be having high expectations because that's the environment we craved and wanted to be a huge club, having the ability to compete with the big boys. We are there now and are one of the big boys. If that's not what you wanted for Chelsea, then that's fine and each to their own. But I certainly did and still do. We're a huge club, but in a different era and in different times to the 70s. Enough is enough. Claiming that we should be grateful that we no longer have the hardship we once endured back in the day is old news and is gladly in the past. Yes, we are grateful, but I feel people need to move on from that and stop comparing. We need to start thinking big and not just be content that back in the day, drawing to a mid-table team was a decent result. To be grateful that we're at least competing for top four. Fuck that. Yes, I know no doubt many others appreciate the legacy <laughs> we've inherited, but that is now no longer the case. And I bloody well expect to see us competing on a regular basis, year in, year out, on all fronts. Since Roman took over, Chelsea has been the most successful club in England. We have won five Premier League titles, one Champions League, one Europa League, four FA Cups <clears throat> and three League Cups. That closed and small-minded mentality has to stop. Yes, football is a crazy game, can be a roller coaster ride of emotions and keep us on our toes. Shit happens. But to be angry at people and have the ridicule because they're upset that we're not meeting our club's expectations is not right. Where to lay the blame, unfortunately, no one knows unless they're in that dressing room or on the board. And fans, old or new, throwing their toys out of the pram, instantly calling for people's heads isn't the solution either. But I think we as Chelsea fans and club do have a right to be upset and frustrated if we do lose to the likes of Barcelona or fucking Watford who, or whoever is in front of us because we're a big <laughs> club and should be proud of having a big club mentality. Rant over. I do apologise if I've offended anyone as it was not my intention. I just wanted to express my feelings on the matter, get it off my chest and perhaps open it up for discussion. Up the Chelsea and hope we tear the spuds open a new arsehole this weekend. Well, yeah. Dan Barca. So sadly, we didn't. Did Melbourne, we? Australia. Well, there we go. Now, I ought to tell you, Jonathan, Dan, Dan's been. Uh, he's listed the fan cast since word goes. One of the first uh, members on Facebook, the Facebook group we set up. So I love Dan. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you're 63, I'm in my approaching my mid-50s, Clayton's older than me, Marco's older than me, but not by much. Uh, and I think, I think you know, every week we express our frustration at not beating people and, uh, you know, and, and express how we feel and our dissatisfaction with it. I don't, I, I, I really don't, I don't think we're, we're part of the, 
oh, shut up and don't be so entitled. Uh, you know, it was much better back in the 70s when we were absolutely rubbish, Brigade. Or, or am I wrong? I don't know. Clayton? No, I thought it was a good email. Um, I do think that sometimes... I, uh, the only, the only, I think it only evidences itself in our sort of... And the thing about perspective um, is that yeah. we do have more of a sense of perspective because we sort more shit times. That's, I wouldn't say I ever sort of try and preach mm. about it, but I, I do think there is something that is worth reminding people of every now and again. Marco? Um, I can see both sides of the equation. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if yeah. I was, if I was, um, I don't know, I don't know, in, in my twenties as a Chelsea supporter, having sort of experienced pretty much, you know, I mean, every, you know, there's the, that that's that theory that, um, you know, the snidey one that Chelsea only started being successful in two thousand and three is incorrect. You know, I mean, it kind of goes back um, a while longer than that. But you know, so I do understand. You know, people sort of in their twenties and maybe early thirties who've, who've seen nothing but success um, might maybe get a little bit impatient um, with uh, you know the, the the way things develop from time to time. And I can kind of see the perspective of people sort of our age um, saying, "Oh, you know, shut up! You, you don't know what it was like when when we didn't win anything for years." Um, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I can, I, I enjoyed both those. I've enjoyed both those phases, but principally because there was no expectation back back in the day, as they say. And obviously now, because it's kind of like it makes all that pain that we went through worthwhile to be winning stuff. I mean, all, all I want, I, I just want that. You know, as I was alluding to earlier. I just want the club to come up with um, a clearly defined strategy that's um, going to take us uh, back to where we belong, which is, um, you know, the best football club playing the best football um, in, in the land. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of it, uh, I'm not really interested in. But, you know, the, the reason I get frustrated is I just don't see that at the football club at the moment, um, you know. So that, that's my view on it. Everyone is entitled to an opinion. Absolutely right. I mean, do you know what I would say? Just to a final point on that, because, you know, we've got loads of emails, yada, yada, yada. But I would say that uh, a lot of the uh, old boys, you know, kind of, oh, you know, you don't know what it's like when it was shit and you should just appreciate it. It's really a defence against the pain of defeat. As I speak as a psychotherapist. It's really a defence for that, and, I, and 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 actually, we should all take our leave from the the legend of the Chelsea fancast, the one and only Chell Tell, who is uh, older than me. Uh, I think he's he's approaching sixty now. And uh, I remember on the fancast in the early days, he would he would moan more than anybody, and he his view always was that Chelsea should beat anybody every day, no matter who. They should always win, and he would throw his toys out of the pram if they didn't. And he was definitely there when they were shit. So there you go. Um, right, Andreas Burling, I think, isn't it, Jonathan? Burling, kid, Burling. Andreas Burling. 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 
Hello. Thanks for a great show. Makes following Chelsea from abroad an amazing experience. I want to hear that, Andreas. Thank you. I think we were a great side for half the season. Not sure what's happened since. Yeah, that's my view. Really disappointing, but we will be back. Yes, we will. And I really think Conte is the one who's lost the plot. Yes, Andreas. As you so underestimated the consequences of basically kicking out our two main leaders on the field, Louise and Costa, although both of them have annoying sides to their game, but the pros far outweigh the cons. Absolutely correct, Andreas. However, what annoys me the most is the bloody red and now white press and their constant praise of pool and spurs and how sexy and great their football is, forgetting that both of them are 18 and 20 points behind the league leaders with seven games to go. In what way is that a good season? In what way do they qualify for any praise without mentioning their poor league results? Nobody <laughs> is mounting a challenge for the title. All of Man United, Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal shall really be ashamed, to be honest. Yes, Man City have been amazing and yes, they've spent crazy money. But come on, the gap is just too big. I actually think Mourinho deserves more praise than Liverpool and Spurs for being the leader of the Premier League as Man City is in a league of their own. Saludos from Mexico. Very good. All the way from Mexico. Very good point. Good point. About... I, don't think, I don't think we've had one from Mexico. No, that's I... the first. That's fantastic. Sorry, mate, go on. No, I was saying it's the first, Chidge. Brilliant. Brilliant. I like, Great email. I like Are you that, sure you yeah. didn't write that under a pseudonym? <laughs> It's it's a really different perspective, isn't it? Seems to concur with your views, J.K. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely, lovely to hear from somebody from Mexico. Saludos to you too, Andreas. Um, my hunch is telling me, Jonathan, that we do Alan, Jeff, and finish with Jack Russell. Yes, thank you. Yes, I've got a big day tomorrow. My voice is just getting slightly. Yeah, I know. Well, no. If you if you're struggling now, mate, I can read them if you want. No, 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 no. I'm happy. Seriously, I'm happy if you're because you need. No, I'm happy to do those three. That's fair enough. So we just get down to number seven. Okay, because your voice is your tool. Apparently, your voice is your tool, Jonathan. Ooh, what's my tool? Your voice. Quite, quite, a, quite a well hung tool. I, I, from all accounts, <laughs> your voice. Yeah. Yes, thank you. It's, it's got bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, Alan Gavaran. Good old Alan. Here we are again, picking through the detritus of another disappointing season. Only disappointing by our standards, of course. This would be great for Arsenal, currently being challenged by Burnley for sixth place. And we've won the same numbers, number of trophies as Spud so far, so far at least. Listening to all of you highly intelligent podders, the general consensus is that we need to transform things. Uh, it's what we need to transform things is that mythical beast, a director of football. I've got two issues about this. Firstly, what actually is a director of football? Where do they exist? And are any of them actually any good? I know that Sete have that Tixi bloke and Sevilla had Monchi, now at Roma. Monaco apparently have an exciting prospect called Emma something or other. Secondly, the thing we have to accept about the court of Tsar Roman is that there are only two types of employees, friends of Romans and not friends of Romans. In the first group, we have Bruce, Eugene and Marina. On the football side, we have Goose Hiddink, Avram Grant, Leonid Slatsky and formerly that Emma fellow. Some proper footballers may also have made it onto the Friends of Roman list, such as Andrei Shevchenko. Other possible footballer Friends of Roman include Petr Cech and Nemanja Matic, both who received their preferred transfers against the better interests of the club's footballing objectives. In the second group, 
everyone else, including three of the best managers in the world, Jose, Carlo, and now Antonio. I think the reason we crave a director of football is not so much what they do, but rather envy at what the best ones have. The time to develop a longer-term strategic plan, and dare I say it, a philosophy. So, be careful what you wish for. A director of football who isn't a friend of Romans will be like all the other people in the not-friends-of-Romans group. Just an employee who will get the same treatment, including the same lack of control and the same short-term support as all the others before and after. Those who hanker for Michael Ballack, Gianluca Vialli, Frank Lampard or even Jody Morris may find that we end up with Slutsky, Grant or Hiddink instead. <laughs> Alan Gavarin, Aussie sign my broken leg at Rootless Cosmo. Yeah, Alan, pulling no punches as always. He's got a good point there, actually, I think, to be fair. And it's uh, it's, it's almost like the truth that dare not speak its name, isn't it, Marco? Indeed. Indeed. I, I think all the letters have been great. Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. They have, haven't they? Maybe we shouldn't talk about it as well, but no. I think he's right, mate. I, I, and, I mean, my only argument for a director of football was that, you know, it, it might be the only way to get any football knowledge in the board and some continuity given that Roman sacks all the managers frequently, although, to be fair, he's, he's stuck by Conte for various bizarre reasons and, and, you know, Mourinho had a bit of a meltdown. But, you know, that that's the reason I advocated that. But I, I, I take Alan's point. I think it's a good one. Uh, Jeff Tarrant... Uh, Jonathan? Yes, Jeff Tarrant. Just an email from a long-term Chelsea fan, an actual real pensioner now residing in Spain. Along with many, I can't wait for this season to end so we can regroup, take stock and inevitably find out who the next manager is and what his aims are for next season. I think Conte gave up months ago. It's going to take a minor miracle to get a top four place. All is not lost, though, because there may be a silver lining. I watched our under-18s the other night. What a wealth of talent we have. If we can only make the most of that talent in the next few years. We also have some good players out on loan who could step up if given the chance. What people forget is the only reason Manu qualified for the Champions League is winning the Europa. The Gooners could also use this opportunity to qualify. So after the shock of surrendering to the Spuds at what was once Fortress Stamford Bridge, there may be light at the end of the tunnel. Jeff Tarrant. Very good, short and sweet. Yep, 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 yep. How lovely to uh, to hear from an actual real pensioner, actually, as well. So Jeff is a Chelsea pensioner. Good on you, Jeff. And uh, where are he's right? He's now residing in Spain. Good on you, mate. Well, look, uh, enjoy the sangria and the sun, mate. And uh, and uh, lovely to hear from you. That's delightful. And I and I have to say, nice bit of positivity there, Jonathan. Don't you think? Yes, yes. It's good to. Uh, he's on my side there. Um, I think, uh, you know, under 18s, yeah. youth, yeah. and um, next manager is what his aims are for next season. Regroup, take stock. Yes. Yep. Good stuff. This is from uh, next one. Jack Russell. Hey, gang, I will be in London for the game at Southampton, the league match. Unfortunately, my hosts do not want to make the trip to attend the game. My question is this. Where do you all watch the away games? I would really love to enjoy the game with some Blues fans. God bless Jack Russell. 
Well, Jack, uh, I will be enjoying the game at Southampton because I, I am delighted to say that I have a ticket and it, I live fairly near Southampton. So uh, for me, it's like the one away game that I dare not, will not miss, will beg, borrow, steal a ticket. Thankfully, uh, Pi Go Go Cheaper Than Other uh, got me a ticket. So uh, I'm, I'm off on Saturday. Um, but that's a good question, uh, actually. Um I don't really know the answer to that, to be honest, because I t- I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm not going to the away game, I'm usually down in Hampshire and I'm watching it on the, on the telly down here or up in London watching on the telly up there. But I would imagine, I would imagine most of the pubs that have tellies in the Chelsea area will be a good bet. I mean, Frankie's at the grounds probably a good bet. Would, would reckon so, Marco? Frankie's? Yeah, I, I think so. It's it's live on TV anyway, isn't it? The game. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a weird one that because uh, you know, I mean, there the, the, the are places you know, like sort of Tony Millard's place, which would be banged out with four hundred people. Oh, <laughs> in Cheam. Yeah, you know, the, 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 there are sort of places, but they, they tend not to be in London. Um, so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'd go to Frankie's and have fun in there, wouldn't he? So. At the bridge, yeah, yeah, it'll be near Stamford Bridge, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. suggest. And there are plenty of other pubs in the manor that will be, be, yeah, you know, some of some of the Chelsea pubs will be showing it. So you know, the Elk would be a good bet. The Goose up in North End Road, Pensioner, of course, actually, duh, the Pensioner always show the away games, and it, yeah, it's raucous in there yeah. for an away game. Yeah, if you like like a bit of Atmos, Jack, uh, I would I would head for the Chelsea Pensioner, which is just around the corner from Stamford Bridge, in uh, in Fulham Road. So uh, that would be my. I, I think that's like, that that actually would probably be better than Frankie's because there's a right old atmosphere in there. It's a decent boozer too. So go there, and I will think of you as I'm having a Hiroshima with Walter Otten on Saturday, and then feeling distinctly ill afterwards. Right, uh, I, I'm going to call time on the emails this week because we're all very old and tired and we, we need our carers to put us to bed. Um, so I'm going to apologise to Tim Penny and Ashley Brain and Shane Miller, who we know and love, and Paul Robinson. Uh, who, we just have run out of time, chaps. Um, but I will do my best to get all of these emails out next week, even Paul's, which is three pages long. Paul is putting to rights Chelsea, and he's not pulling any punches. But uh, I will endeavour to get those in next week if we can. All right, even if we have to, to do it in two parts. I'm even we're, I'm, I'm going to consider that. Right, uh, as I said, look, we do love receiving the emails, and we do always try and read them out. I mean, time permitting, so send them to ChelseaFanCast at gmail dot com, preferably before a Monday. Uh, we will be back next Monday at seven o'clock, uh, looking back at the Southampton versus Chelsea match. I will be joined by Jonathan and the Smut Buddies, also known as Tony Glover and Alex, the girl who likes balls, Churchill. And that should be lively as a result. Uh, before that, of course, I'll be recording the Chelsea... Uh, the Chelsea? The Kerry Dixon. Well, he is Mr Chelsea, really, isn't he? But I'll be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon on Thursday. So make sure you download that and listen to it. Uh, on Acast, Apple and SoundCloud uh, if it's actually gone up on SoundCloud Uh, this Friday at 7 o'clock until 9pm we'll be doing the Chelsea Fancast for Love Sport Radio and that'll be me, Jonathan and Dan plus Aaron Paul and we'll be talking all things Chelsea of course the best thing about that of course is you can phone in and join the show and uh, debate with us live and the number to call is 0208 7020 558 
And of course, we'll try to give you a shout out reminder about that before then. Uh, you can find it on 558am. It's on digital radio as well. And you can listen to it on their website, which is lovesportradio.com or uh, through the radio player and tune-in apps. Check it out. Now, uh, of course, you can follow us, Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, Marco at Gate17Marco. Check the website out, chelseafancast.com. Many thanks to the wonderful bloggers who put up stuff, brilliant stuff, all week. And Hion for organising it all. Uh, that's about it from us. Uh, Jonathan, you've been superb tonight. I hope we haven't ruined your voice for tomorrow's voiceovers. Thanks very much, Chief. So I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah, keep swilling the honey, love. Yes, You'll be all right. Oh, Lots just... of honey, honey, honey and lemon tea. Thank you, mate. Thanks very much. Let's go and have a lie down, love. Thank you. Mate, I'll see you on Friday. I'll see you on Friday, Jonathan. I'm already looking uh, forward to listening to it. Wow. And uh, Clayton, uh, the Gold Star, the Gold Star Award goes to Clayton tonight for manfully doing a, t- a show that's already over two hours uh, with a bloody horrible cold. Well done, you, mate. And it'd be I, hopefully I'll see you very soon because I haven't seen you for a while. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the radio. But absolute pleasure. Love it. Yes, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Well, well done, mate. Really appreciate right. tonight. It's very big of you. Uh, take care. Have a good couple of weeks. Get better soon, Cheers, and mate. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, as Bye-bye. you said. Last but by no Bye. means least, the wonderful, wonderful uh, Marco Vorol for his intelligence and his passion and his all-round erudition tonight. Always a pleasure seeing you, Marco. Uh, just all to say, actually, last weekend, cracking weekend, mate. Um, you know, the show with you and then the other show yeah. with you. It was just a brilliant weekend. Had a lot of fun, mate. Brilliant. Nice to see you for a few beers for a change. Indeed. That was the nice thing about yeah, it. That was the highlight for me as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. 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 We don't get to see you for beers because you're busy on the stool and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lovely. All right, mate. All we'll right, catch up soon. Uh, you've been brilliant. Uh, and as for you lot... As for you lot out there, you have also been fantastic. Great to have you in here joining us for this show uh, and also the people who listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chels. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.